It was an age of heroes. An age where the Avengers numbered higher than ever before. An age where man and mutant had put aside their differences to unite against all who would threaten us. This age is no more. Ultron, an artificial intelligence of immense power, created by one of the Avengers' own, has devastated the world and reshaped it in his own image. Only a handful of heroes remain, and those who live are hunted by Ultron's deadly sentries. This March, you must submit or perish. This is not the future. This is not an alternate reality. This is happening. Age of Ultron number one, on sale March 6, 2013. Fucking comic book geeks. Episode 13. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. leftovers are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second week after it's been uploaded. This is Brian Frederick. This is Dan. Jason Piper. This is Jake. And we're the leftovers. Hey, I like how you got on that intro. That was good. Hey. What was I supposed to do? Hey, this is Brian. Hi, guys. (laughs) Hey, Hey. guys. Hey. No, uh, yeah, guys. uh, Yeah, what are we doing this week? San Diego Comic-Con happened this week. Woo! We were were there. We were there. Woo! It's awesome. No, we weren't there because we're not really legitimate podcasters. (laughs) Members of the media, unfortunately, where nobody takes us seriously. So it's unfortunate we should have been there. I think we probably have more passion than some of the real uh, media that was there. People want to go and do... Uh Complaining yeah, about with that. complaining about lines and complaining about this, complaining about that. Send me there. I'll be happy to report on anything you want me to. But anyway, um, we, you know, I, we I guess we were going to talk about Comic Con this week, but uh, nothing really major happened. So I'm <laughs> just going to read the latest issue of Katie Cook's My Little Pony Friendship is Magic comic book. Oh yes. Um, and uh, I'll be playing the part of Twilight Sparkle. Uh, Jay, you're going to be Applejack. Dan, you'll be Pinkie Pie. Ugh. Jake. 
He's been very gracious. He's going to play two parts, uh, Rainbow Dash and Fluttershy. So thanks a lot, right. Jake. But no yeah, I'll get started. Man, so, this is going to be a good episode. It is going to be a good episode. Uh, uh, but uh, seriously, we're going to be giving the most in-depth uh, coverage of Comic-Con that we can for four without guys. Without actually being there. Yeah, four guys that didn't go. So uh, we would probably do anything to be sitting in Hall H uh, watching all the news unfold and live tweeting. Uh, and all that, but instead we're sitting here in my kitchen and we're live drinking, so whatever. <laughs> but um, I, I did want to say, uh, I w- you know, we are still looking for other writers for the website. So, um, I mean, if you are uh, an aspiring writer, uh, if you love geek pop culture and you're willing to share your love of the genre for free, um, then we're looking for you. Show us what you've got. Write an article about anything in geek geek pop culture and send it to our head writer dave griffin at domesticated dave at gmail.com now remember this is a non-paying gig uh we can't re- wait to re- read your submissions just send them to dave and uh, if he likes what he reads then he'll, he'll get back to you um but uh, yeah we are looking for writers so definitely send dave an email at domesticated dave at gmail.com uh speaking of dave griffin um he has some awesome articles on our web page that i want you to read uh he has an article of days of future pissed it's a rant about brian singer's new <laughs> upcoming x-men movie mm-hmm. and there's a really awesome review of jason aaron's wolverine and the x-men number 31 so check them out on the website www.popcultureleftovers.com click on domesticated dave and you can read those articles they're pretty awesome sweet uh wanted to up Date Mark Perillo, that uh, the dude at the post office said that uh, you should be receiving your print on Monday. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, if you still listen to this fucking thing, <laughs> then you should have your print of Teen Wolf. So, yes. um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, I, I hope it comes. If it doesn't come, contact us. But you should have it by Monday, Tuesday, I would imagine, at the latest. But, you know, contact us if you don't get it. Just let us know either way if you do get it. Uh, but uh, th- it was beautiful artwork from Sean Hamilton it at was. Creating that Studios. Was neat. Yeah. Um, so, you know, check out his website. And you can follow Sean on Instagram at Create Inc. Studios. So uh, thank you, Sean. And uh, thanks again for playing the contest, Mark. Um, yes. Of course, I think the coolest news to come out this week with all the San Diego Comic-Con shit, the coolest news that I heard at least was that there is going to be a Sharknado sequel. Really? Yeah, Tara Reid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Tara Reid said that she's going to come back um, and uh, you know, she's willing to do another movie. Oh, serious. Yeah. So she's going to clear off her schedule for that, huh? What what's that, Jake? She's going to clear off her schedule for that, huh? Yeah, she's going to clear well, if she can, you know, in between rehab and uh- and uh, you know, plastic surgery and and drinking and, and drinking. Yeah, she'll Very find time. She'll find time. So, um, yeah. So the Eisner Awards were this past weekend. Yep. Um, did, I don't know. I wanted to go over a few of them that I thought were important. Okay. Uh, I think you know, best single issue went to uh, the Meyer by Becky Cloonan. Best continuing series saga. Nice. By yeah. Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. That's my favorite book right there. Yep. Uh, Saga is great. Best new series, Saga, by Brian yeah. K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Best digital comic, Bandette. Is it, has anybody read that? No, no, no. I haven't either. It was up for uh, best new series too, so I looked into it, but I, I had not heard of that. It's by Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover. 
Uh, that's from Monkey Brain. Uh, best anthology was Dark Horse Presents. Um, mm-hmm. Best writer, Brian K. Vaughn hmm. for Saga. Yes. Best writer and artist, Chris Ware, Building Stories. Hmm. Best penciler, inker. It was a tie, and this made me so happy. Me it was too. a tie between David Aja of Hawkeye and then Chris yeah. Samney for Daredevil and then the Rocketeer of Cargo of Doom. All three of these comics I was reading. Yeah. So oh, the Rocketeer Cargo of Doom was fantastic. Really good. Uh, and that was, I imagine uh, Samney's going to get some big projects coming up real soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that Rocketeer Cargo of Doom, it was uh, him and Wade. They teamed up for that, too. It was, it oh, was cool. fantastic. Um, yeah, Rocketeer is making a comeback, dude. Even with uh, Dave Stevens, his passing, um, Rocketeer is making a huge comeback. Uh, you know, there, there was the Hollywood Horror um, miniseries that came out. And then uh, the Rocketeer Spirit uh, crossover starts really soon. Yeah, and they did a bunch of great anthology books with a bunch of great artists too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Best cover artist was David Aja for Hawkeye again, which uh, beautiful covers for the Hawkeye books. I totally deserved. Yeah, one of a kind covers. So those were the only ones that I wanted to go over. Really, those are the only ones that I really cared about. Um, did you guys want to go over any others? Uh, Adventure Time won Best Publication for Kids. I thought it was interesting that it was also in the uh, Best New Series category up against Saga and Bandit and all the other big books. So a lot of love for Adventure Time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I was getting Adventure Time. Also, I was getting Bravest Warriors, which is kind of like a uh, different... It's from the same people that do Adventure Time. Um, Did you guys hear Gail Simone is doing a new Tomb Raider ongoing? No. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I don't know if who she's doing it for, what company, what publisher, but, yeah, Gil Simone doing a new Tomb Raider ongoing comic. So that'll be interesting. Um, I do yeah. have the first issue of uh, her uh, new run on uh, Red Sonja. I haven't read it yet. Yes. But I've heard good things. Yeah, it's really good, Brian. Oh, uh, you've I'm read it? I'm not going to give anything away. Nice. But, yeah, I read it. Um, yeah, she writes so well for female you know characters especially these strong types you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah you're, you're gonna love that everybody should check that out as well who's, who's the artist on that new redstone you guys uh, i'd have to look i don't remember Not sure gotcha. um world of warcraft footage premiered at comic-con yes it did for what the movie oh really <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. What do you think? Yeah, you're not interested in a World of Warcraft movie? No, not really. Hmm. Were you into that? Were you not, into not that? the not the game? I've no. never I've never played the game. Yeah. But I mean, anything that has to do if they can do a proper movie that has like orcs and trolls or whatever. And, yeah, and that might be right. I mean, if they can do it proper, yeah, absolutely. I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah. But if it turns into yep. just something stupid, like I don't know, there's so many, there's so many so much story, I like think, the old Dungeons that. and yeah. Dragons right. movie that came out, or um, I mean, if they can do it right, yeah, I'm all about yeah. it, dude. I mean, if if uh, you know, but uh, legendary. I thought, uh, I thought Raimi was attached to the WoW movie. Is that still happening? Mm, not to my knowledge. No. Gotcha. But uh, Legendary Pictures Thomas Toll premiered uh, the footage from World of Warcraft, and it showed a fight between a human and an orc. And according to reports, it was pretty awesome. Um, the orc was completely CG created. So, I mean, that yeah. That might be cool. I'm 
definitely piqued my interest. I yeah. mean, World of Warcraft. I mean, I, I hope, hope you know it was a pretty big deal with gamers, and still and, is. I think yeah. still is. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, a movie if done proper could yeah. be pretty awesome. I mean, they have a they could do a lot of world building with this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a pretty expansive game, right? It could be as huge as something as Lord of the Rings. It could be just as cool and fantastical. And yeah, it all comes down to the story, though. Characters. Yeah, I yeah, mean, the story's going to be important. Yeah. See, Tolkien did it. I mean, this is different, though, because, like, Tolkien had the story and, like, everything else. Like, they could just use their imagination and bring mm-hmm. these characters to life. Right. This is like you're doing reverse. Like, you've got all the action and shit on a video game. Yeah. Now you've got to bring that Do story. On it. Yeah. And most video game movies don't translate well that we've seen so this will be a tough task but if they can get somebody in there to write a cohesive adventure Mm -hmm. that that you know engages people then i think it could be a really awesome movie yeah but i I don't there's always for another good fantasy franchise yeah yeah i mean we did see like uh i mean it's not an original idea like pacific rim but this is kind of like the same type of deal i mean I don't know, but I just hope they don't have to like story too. I just don't want them to like try to pander to like the video game crowd and be like, oh, we have to show all these Easter eggs, all these Easter eggs from the game to make the video game crowd happy. Right. Just make a good fucking movie. Yeah, I agree. Just it doesn't have to be like Resident Evil where it's like you've got like somebody sitting next to you like, oh, I remember that from the game. Right. You know, that may be fun for that type of movie, but. We don't need it for World of Warcraft, no. in my opinion. I agree. It should separate itself from the video game. Really, it should. Yeah. Um, there is no casting info, uh, but the production will start in 2014. Um, are you guys excited uh, for the Afterlife with Archie comic book coming out? I <laughs> am excited. For, I am excited. Great artist. I've added it to my pull list. And uh, they had the Archie, uh, Afterlife with Archie panel, and they showed a really cool video. It was of a zombie jughead coming back from the grave, mm-hmm. and he was getting ready to take on the town of Riverdale. So uh, the book is not going to be sitting side by side in your comic book stores next to your regular Archie comic books. It is more of an adult type, you oh, know, okay. mature theme. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm excited. I, I can't wait. It. I, I, I when does that come out? September or I think September or October. September. Yeah, oh, wow, September. Okay. Sometime in September. So, yeah, I've added it to my pull list. So I'll be reading the first issue, and maybe I'll stick with it. It, it is an ongoing. So, mm-hmm. um, now there was a Godzilla panel, and I heard that was pretty awesome. Yeah, there was a lot about that. Now the Godzilla. Yeah, they, mo- they- yeah, they actually showed the got they showed Godzilla in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, uh, vaguely. And yeah. I got to see it. I don't know if you guys got to see it. You got to see the t- uh, the entire trailer. Mine no, was no, like 30 but the picture of Godzilla. No, from the I. Trailer. Yeah, I saw that, but it was like a it was kind of like a uh, he was surrounded by like look like smoke was what I got to see. I didn't get to see a clear view of him. No. Yeah, no, it was hard to see, but from what from what it looked like, it looked pretty cool, and and a lot of people are walking away from this saying that you know it 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 probably will live up to its potential, um, and, and when they were you know when they were writing this, they weren't sure whether or not you know this was just going to be Godzilla as kind of a King Kong type character, like what kind of personality he was going to have, and I guess they really are as they progress with this he's starting to develop a personality just in the writing of the film and making of the film, which is pretty cool. 
Um, and he's supposed to be kind of a force of nature, you know, like retribution, like almost by God for what we've done on the planet. Kind of like Pacific Rim almost. Yeah. You know, same kind of storyline. So, um, and, and we don't have much details further than that. Then there's, there's supposed to be another, you know, big uh, monster in this movie. Um, rumors are he's it's very insectoid, like praying mantis type looking creature. Um, but there's no word as to what he is or what its purpose is and why he's there and you know why he, and him and Godzilla are in the same place at the same time. You know, so they haven't really talked too much about it yet. Right. Um, I, I just think it's great that they're going to be doing monsters against monsters, or if you want to get technical, kaiju versus kaiju. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the the movie poster is yeah. pretty sweet that they showed. Um, director Gareth Edwards has said that his Godzilla is a true Godzilla movie. Um, Edwards says he was encountered by Godzilla fans at the Canadian border immigration control. And before they let him through, they had to tell him, don't fuck it up, man. <laughs> so some serious Godzilla fans out there, they're like, don't fuck this movie up. Yeah. Cause that 1998 wow. Matthew Broderick movie was horrible. Uh, it was horrible. Like the best thing about that movie was the the trailer, the teaser trailer, where the guy yeah. was fishing. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and he comes out of the yeah, water. That was yeah. the yeah. best part of that movie was that teaser trailer. Yeah. Everything else was garbage. Yeah, that so, part was cool. So yeah. what casting is involved right now with this movie? Well, they've already got the cast set. I mean, they're yeah. in production right now. They're oh, wow. filming. Okay, I cool. mean, you've got Brian Cranston. Right, I read that. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a lot better than the original 19 – not the original, but the 1998 American yeah. version of the film. I just don't know if it is going to live up to, um, you know, what we, what we want it to be. Sure. But, uh, I mean, uh, the right people, I think, are keeping a close eye on this film and the production of it. So They um, said, too, he will have atomic breath. For everybody that was worried about the atomic breath Good. and some some of the uh, other things he does, they said, you know, first of all, you've got to believe that this creature is real. So once you get past that, yes, he can have atomic breath. <laughs> so right. don't worry about it. Like I, I like read the description of the trailer. Like there's a part where you saw like Godzilla's foot stomp down, and then you saw like this skinny winged monster that was about to attack these people. I guess at the airport. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then right behind him is Godzilla, who's, like, huge, way bigger than him. Right. And, and it looks like Godzilla is actually being protective of the people in the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So, you know uh, what, you know what I'm thinking? I, I'm thinking the other creature will be a result of human actions, maybe. And then Godzilla is kind of our, yeah, like you said, kind of our protector. Yeah. Right. Because he's not, he's not really good or bad in, in the, even in the origin movie, you know, the original movies. Right. So, he he does have that role. That'd be interesting. Um, Will there be a Godzuki appearance in the new Godzilla movie? They haven't the named any of the uh, monsters in the film, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't know if there's going to be Mothra or, or anybody. So, there, there's no names given, as far as I know yet, so... Yeah, so definitely, I, I think Godzilla is going to be a movie in 2014 that I'm mm-hmm. going to watch. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go in and try to compare it to... Uh, Pacific Rim. Right. And from no. what I heard, like, it looks, the look of it looks totally different than Pacific Rim. So, yeah, I can't wait to see it personally. I'm not, you know. Some definitely look forward to. Yeah. yeah. For real. Yeah. You guys want to hear the good news or the bad news for Expendables 3? Bad. 
Ooh, bad burst. Bad news. It looks like Mel Gibson could possibly be the villain in Expendables 3. After Sylvester Stallone tweeted, Mad Max versus Barney Ross. Barney Uh. Ross being the name of Sly's character from the Expendables. So, your thoughts there? Uh, That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. I mean, mean, had this been 10 years ago... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, 10 years ago, I could see it, and I'd be excited about it then. Because he can play that character. Yeah. Because um, he is kind of an asshole. But um, nowadays, I don't I don't want to see him in anything, really. I have no desire to see him act. You know, I haven't seen anything he's done in years. So. Right. Well, I did. I tried watching that first movie he had after the whole fiasco. What was and, it? Uh, that's a that's a great question, Dan. It was such a shitty movie. I couldn't even tell you the name of it. So, I mean, that's yeah, that's a good question. So, it was that forgettable. It was horrible. Yeah. It was a horrible movie. Um, guys, want to hear the good news? Absolutely. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Um, good news looks like Nicolas Cage will not be in the Expendables three, according to Den of Geek, saying I have not had any formal discussions about Expendables three. I'm not in Kick Ass two. And I don't think I'm in Expendables 3. And I like those guys, but I would say it would be highly unlikely that I'd be in that movie. Hmm. So, okay. yeah, it looks like we got Mel Gibson in the movie, but good news is we don't have to listen to Nicolas Cage. Cage. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both of them would be a fucking nightmare. So, oh, God. Guess... Both of them in the same movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One over the other. I'll take Mel Gibson. Yeah. yeah it, I, it, I think it, I take Nick Cage. Me too. <laughs> I don't know. He'd probably like say he'd probably be like, "Let's steal the Declaration of Independence." <laughs> 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 have you ever have you like people like rave about Con Air all the time? Mm. Dude, I love Con Air. Con Air was so good, man. That was such a good movie. It was have okay, you, but it no, wasn't good. No, no. Have you gone back? It's a good movie. Yeah. It's, but have you gone back? No, I want you to listen to me. Yeah. Have you gone back and listened to Nicolas Cage's southern accent in that film and his lines? Yeah. Go back. I want you to. Go, I want everybody that's listening to right now go uh, to their video store or if Redbox has it. I doubt it. Right. But if you, you go to find maybe Netflix, Netflix yeah. well, I just want you to watch Nicolas Cage in Con Air. Okay. <laughs> and listen to his southern accent and his lines in that movie. It is horrible. It's okay. forced and it sounds fake and it's awful. Just like the whole the movie was. But like, <laughs> yeah, and like everybody back then when it, when it came out, oh my God, Conair was so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's amazing. It's horrible. Yeah. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah, even Steve Buscemi couldn't save it. It's, no. it's pretty bad. It's bad. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Watch that pile of shit over the weekend. Have fun. Um, <laughs> Jake, you've got some, you got were, some uh, stuff for us. I do got something. Holy, uh, holy crap. Whoa. Whoa, stop the presses. Jake, Jake Elliott's bringing the news. Shit that nobody wants to hear. No, I'm just playing good. Let me sit down. (laughs) Uh, Once Upon a Time had back-to-back panels at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, One panel was for season three, and the other panel was for the uh, spinoff show, which is uh, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And um, it's going to start back up on September 29th with 11 episodes and then resume later on in the uh, spring, and then in between, they're going to run the spinoff show. Um, they said the spinoff show, you can watch it without having seen any of the other show before, and it's going to tell a complete story. Um, they're not planning on doing a season two and having a cliffhanger ending, and will only do that if the show's a huge hit. 
Um, so I'm really excited. Um, they're going to have all kinds of new characters on this new season. They do really fun twists with all the characters that you've never seen before, all your favorite fantasy characters and Disney characters, and they kind of give everything a real different kind of twist. You know, Red Riding Hood and the Big Bad Wolf are both the same character in this version, and lots of other real unique twists with all these characters. One of my favorite shows. I've heard so, a lot of good things about it. What channel does that come on? ABC. It comes on ABC. Okay. Dan, it's actually, the head writers are uh, Adam Horowitz and Edward Kittis, who were two of the head showrunners on Lost. Okay. And there's tons of Lost references. They use all the same products and everything. Nice. That's cool. Um, What, so they're they're getting ready to premiere season three? Season three will start in September, yeah. Okay. Might go back and try that. Jake, are you, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Are you are you excited for the new? Is it a Fables TV show or is it a Fables movie that's coming out? I believe it's a TV show. Like FX is working on that. I think. Right. I could be wrong about yeah. that. I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. Just just Once Upon a Time kind of reminded me of Fables there. So. Yeah, you know, Once Upon a Time before it came on, the commercials looked horrible for it, and I can't believe I even gave it a chance, but. It, it's a great show. I watched it and Grimm at the same time, mm-hmm. and I would have thought Grimm was going to be the keeper, and Once Upon a Time was going to be the craft, but it was right. the other way around for me. I watched the first episode of Grimm, and I, it didn't really grab me that first episode, so I dropped it. But yeah, I made it about four episodes. Yeah. So this is just basically fairy tales being retold. Yeah, all the characters don't know they were fairy tales. Is it oh, like okay. CSI meets fairy tales or something? It's more like Lost meets Fairy Tales because every episode is a flashback of a certain character and you see what happened to them before they forgot who they were. Hmm. Weird. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool. neat show. Yeah. I have it on Blu-ray, Jay. I'll bring the first season to you in one of these weeks. Here. Nice. Yeah, I'd like to watch it. Awesome. Um, Jake, I think you also had some uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited about the new Hunger Games. I actually yeah. did not read the second book and... Uh, my biggest question is, how can they even have a sequel if uh, Katniss can't be in the Hunger Games again? And apparently, um, every 25 years, they have like an all-stars version or a special version of the Hunger Games. So it's like Survivor. Exactly. Where every this, every right. two years, they have a Survivor all-stars. Yeah. So this being the 75th Hunger Games, it's all past winners. It's like an all-past winner season of the Hunger Games. And, and I'm, I'm really excited. I really uh-huh. didn't even know until the other day that she would be involved in another Hunger Games, and now I'm just on the edge of my seat for that. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, I think she said in the panel also, that her character is kind of going through a, what like a post-traumatic uh, stress disorder after being involved in the first Hunger Games. I mean, you know, she had to kill other kids. Kind of, I know. You know? One thing I'm not excited about, though, is it looks like there's a lot more focus on very much a Twilight-like love triangle yeah. between Katniss and these two men. Right. And uh, I liked the lack of romance in the last movie, where the romance was only playing to popularity and trying to get sponsors. Right. And not an actual focus of the movie, who Katniss was going to sleep with, you know? Yeah. Not really looking forward to that aspect of it. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, they got to keep the teen girls happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah, these teen girls, yeah. As they get older, the they... market. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So, um Dan, you wanted to go over some of the Emmy nominations? Absolutely, let's do that. Um, basically, they were announced last late late last week um, for the 65th Primetime Emmy Awards. Uh, they were actually announced by uh, Aaron Paul, who plays uh, in Breaking Bad, and Neil Patrick Harris. 
uh, they do like a little online thing where they announce all the nominations. It's actually pretty neat, and there's some humor to it. Um, but I know that there's a lot of news coming out of the Emmy noms because we have our first Netflix show that's up for an Emmy. Oh, cool. What show is that? House of Cards. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal for Netflix. But this is huge as far as not, you know, cable network or right. something, you know. Yeah. Um, but the, that's basically that. That and Arrested Development are up for a couple noms. I'm just going to read a few. Uh, actually, the the show that earned the most nominations with 17 was American Horror Story Asylum. Did anybody get into that? Oh, God. Oh, that was yeah. 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 <laughs> the second one? The yeah. second season? Yeah. I couldn't. I watched the first episode. I was out. It really? looked. It was horrible. Seventeen nominations. It was brutal. Game of Thrones second was sixteen. Yeah, which that's. See, I loved American Horror Story the first season. I thought it was fantastic. That second season, man, I could not get into it at yeah. all. Speaking of the House yeah, of Cards, <clears throat> another Netflix series, Arrested Development. They didn't earn any as far as uh, categories go, but Jason Bateman is up for three. Hmm. Uh, so the show actually didn't get any, but there's some there's some actors that did. Okay. Um, but basically, joining House of Cards in the Game of Thrones in the Outstanding Drama Series category of Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, Mad Men, and last year's winner, Homeland. Uh, huh. Boardwalk Empire was the only show not to return in this category. Uh, it was actually claimed that spot by House of Cards. Okay. Wow. Which I love House of Cards, and we've talked about this before on mm-hmm. past episodes. I can't wait for season two. Kevin Spacey's phenomenal in the show. Um, I would definitely suggest to anybody out there looking for a new show to at least try it. Yeah. Um, do you, Jay, you watch that, right? Yeah, it, it's it's phenomenal. It, it's it's so. I don't like dramas, guys. I, no. I hate that shit. I, I can't watch it. Like I just, you know, I used to be able to watch movies that were dramatic, but I don't have the attention span anymore, you know. And right, this, he the way the way it's written and the way he says his fucking lines. It really just caps it. Like I don't really understand what's going on half the time in the show, which is kind of cool. It's all that political stuff. Yeah, yeah, because you're questioning it, and you're like, "What does this mean?" But it's it's the way he does it that makes it so great. So yeah, everybody should watch that show. I mean, I I don't care what you know about politics. Watch it. Yeah, I don't know nothing, and I love the show. But what do you think this means for you know these these companies like Netflix? Do you think more high profile celebrities are going to start doing their shows? Oh yeah, that's huge for Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to open up a whole new. It comes down to money, man. That's all it really is. Yeah, but oh, Netflix yeah. is making a lot of money right now. Well, that, I, when they're, they're making money, buying, when they yeah. make money, then they have more money to give actors, right. more high-profile actors. Yeah. So yeah, I think it all comes down to money, and I think if they have some incentive-laden contracts, mm-hmm. like hey, you know, hey, we want you to be on our show. If the show does this, this, or this. Then more. you get more incentive and yeah. make some more money. I mean, that makes sense, you know, to sign a contract like that. So, yeah. like, I know you've been getting into, and Jay said he's been getting into recently, is that the the Orange is the New Black? Yeah, is that, is that the show? And that has two actors in it that, mm-hmm. you know, one was a part of the American Pie franchise, and the other one was on the 70s show for all, you know, all right. the seasons. So you have people now that are doing these shows, but Orange is the New Black is really good, too. I'm, I'm about halfway through it. Um, and it's something that, you know, as soon as I watch an episode, I'm ready for another one. I can do about two a day. But uh-huh. I'm going to start watching that. It's pretty. I yeah, mean, I'm going to start watching that because, like, between different. you guys and then, like, we've got a Facebook fan who yeah. is talking about it, too. And yeah. she was like, oh, I love this show. I'm hooked. Right. Between hearing you guys talk about it, now I want to start watching the yeah. show. Like, what are you guys What are you guys really getting out of this show? I got to see it. So. You should try House of Cards, too. 
hmm. I think you would enjoy that. Okay. If you, I mean, if you like Spacey, you don't have to be a huge Spacey fan, but there's a lot of supporting actors. He's in that hit show and miss with me, man. He hit his hard older on this stuff. Show. Is his older stuff? Like I loved him in Glengarry, not Glengarry. Yeah, Glengarry, Glen Ross. Ross. Yeah. Uh, seven. Um, you'll, I think you'll love his role then if you like that kind of. Okay. Because he's real witty and smart and cool. articulate. You know, what I mean, he's. Do you have any more Emmy news? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wanted to uh, talk about the actual comedy series that were up. Big Bang Theory. Okay. Probably the uh, the front runner in yeah. that category. Girls, I never got into that. I don't think we've ever oh, talked about it's that. It's good. Is it? Yes. Uh, Louis, uh, Modern Family, Veep. Louis. I, I've never seen Louis, but I've heard really good things about it. So like, have I. Each show is completely different. Okay. Oh, I you guys would that. love Louis. Is that yeah, is that the case, great. Jay? That each show is completely different? There's no continuity? No, it, it's story after story, and he's basing this on his real life events. And so it's he, there's no continuity. It's like a different show each time. Not, not necessarily. Like there are key events that will be hearkened back to. Okay. So okay. It, it's not like it's just totally left in the dust. But gotcha. It's right. so fucking funny. It's so good. See, that's it's another. So smart. Sh- yeah, that's another show that I miss the bandwagon on. It's one of those FX shows. Right. That, you know, I jumped the on League. Wilfred. I jumped on the Wilfred, League, yeah. and, I, and it's always Sunny and Sons. And uh, but I, that's one that I never I never watched. No. And it's unfortunate because I hear a lot of good things about it. Go ahead, Dan. Before we move oh, on, sure. and, um, I just want to say about Orange is the New Black. What what's fucking great about it is that it takes there's like a lot of really serious and dark moments in the show. And, and you really get hooked onto those. But at the same time, there's these absurd moments that <laughs> yeah. are hilarious yeah. just right after all these things. And that's what's so great about it. It's so well written and it's so that that's what's odd. It's the serious stuff. So they take you one stuff. way. It's an emotional roller coaster for real. So they show. zig and then zag. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like, like oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, right. I, you make a great point because that's and, and what's cool about the show is they flash back certain characters because obviously yeah. all these women are in prison mm-hmm. right and you're introduced to 10 or more ca- different characters besides the main character and you learn about them and why they're in prison and blah 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 it's pretty neat um, but yeah the the serious scenes and then the after that it's something you'll just have to watch I mean it's funny it's almost like a arrested development humor that just uh, right after a scene where you're just like so like pissed off or sad and then they do something like Arrested Development humor. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so funny. Well, uh, the comedy series, 30 Rock's in it. Um, but one thing I wanted to say, that The Office, uh, Departing Show didn't get any noms this year in that category. Yeah. Uh, Parks and Rec got snubbed there, too, I think. Yeah. But Veep, who, anybody into that? Oh, no, uh, that's Julia Louise Dreyfus yeah. on, uh, is that on HBO or Showtime? I think it is one of the pages. I think it's HBO. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't seen that one either. Um. It's- in the comedy category, though, Bateman, Arrested Development, uh, he's joined by Jim Parsons, which I hope he wins this. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt LeBlanc of Episodes. Did anybody get into that? Mm-mm. No. I was unfamiliar when they named... I didn't even know he was still doing Alive. anything. Yeah. That's an HBO, <laughs> he has that full an HBO gray. show episode. He's full gray? Full gray, yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Rocking the Martin, uh, Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that is weird. Yeah. He's not... How you doing anymore? It's, How you doing? How's your knee doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, Don Cheadle, House of Lies. Um, yeah. Louis C.K. and Louis. Alec Baldwin, a 30 Rock. Uh, John Cryer from Two and, a Half, or, uh, Two and a Half Men did not make the cut this year. Yeah. Um, and as, you know, as we're speaking... Fuck that show. Yeah. And then 
the actress in the comedy series. We're going to stay on there. Some of these uh, females I'm not I'm not familiar with, but Laura Dern of Enlightened. Anybody watch that? Laura Dern. She's uh, the blonde from Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Uh, Lena uh, Dunham of Girls. Eddie Falco of Nurse Jackie. Amy Poehler of Parks and Rec. Tina Fey of Thirty Rock. Uh, and then uh, Julie Louis uh, Dreyfus of Veep. Gotcha. Okay. But I's got that one in the bag, right? Ooh. It's the last year they can give it to her. Who? Tina Fey. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Tina Fey. Yeah. Tina, <laughs> Tina Fey, 30 Rock Cleanup is my prediction on the comedy. Um, I just want to name a couple standouts. These aren't. Well, we're not going to go through every category here. I mean, if you're looking for more information on this, make sure. No, you I think the... we should go through every category, Dan. No, best. <laughs> <laughs> wait, uh, wait, Dan. Was there no Walking Dead nominations? No, nothing stuck out in my for me reading almost the whole. I actually I watched it. I didn't watch it live, but I rewatched that little thing on my computer at work. Uh, right. It's okay. like ten in the morning. No Walking Dead. No, I didn't. I, I didn't know. hear any names that stood out. But Bill Hader, Saturday Night Live, for outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That's great. Uh, Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad for outstanding lead actor in a drama series. John Hamm, same category for Mad Men. And then this is crazy. Kevin Spacey got one for House of Cards. Uh, but one thing that did stand out, and we've talked about this the past few weeks, but regular show from the Cartoon Network for outstanding animated program. They're okay, nominated. So, guys, be quiet. You can hear my cat snoring. I hear it. Hold <laughs> on, I, heard, hold I thought on. your phone was vibrating. I thought it was his phone. Oh, sh- yeah. Quiet. You hear him? <laughs> <laughs> Aw, that's Mrs. Mac. She's snoring. Knocked out right now. Yeah, Dan, Sitting in the middle of our computers. That's that's what our listeners are doing, though, Dan. <laughs> You've been talking about the Emmys the whole time. and like, right. the The cat is just playing along with the listeners. <laughs> well, they're already asleep, so I'm, I'm just, just going to finish. I'm enjoying this. I didn't, uh, I didn't know any of these. Yeah, but the, the Emmys are hosted by Neil Patrick Harris, uh, and they're going to be on September 27th. You can't go wrong with NPH. No, he's actually no, he nominated, too, for... Um, him hosting the Tony Awards. Oh, awesome. And, you know, no, nothing from How I Met Your Mother was popped out on this, you know. And uh-huh. um, I'm just surprised. I mean, I, I'm just excited that a Netflix show is up for something. That's, yeah. This is, I think this is yeah. bigger than this what This changes most the think. landscape of television. Big time. Really, it does. Yeah. So. Well, it's good news, too, because you have a choice. You know, you, you could choose between cable TV or just Netflix. Right. So that's I, I, awesome. I do want to say something about Netflix, though. With all the positive things that are going on with Netflix right now, I don't know if you guys heard or not, but this past week they're being accused of um, cropping their, their TV shows and movies when they, when they v- let you view them on Netflix, different devices. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, people okay. are outraged about this. And ah. there's, they're, they're, you guys remember like the old VHS tapes where it would say this film has been modified from its original version. It has been yeah. formatted to fit this screen. Yeah, well, right. Netflix doesn't do that, but they also crop the photos and they were showing like what it really looks like and then what Netflix does to to it. Um, do you think this affects them at all? I think it's the price you pay for using Netflix. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, people get uptight about that stuff. So what? You know. Yeah. If you need to see the movie in the exact aspect ratio, then buy the fucking Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, basically, Netflix said in the statement, we do not crop uh, and suggesting that that issue is a result of movies arriving in awkward aspect ratios. So they might be getting them from the company already fucked up like that. Oh, okay. But is, yeah. is Hulu still a big player? Yeah. Amazon Hulu Prime. Plus is still big, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, they don't have a lot of original programming, do they? Amazon no. Prime does now. They're okay. getting ready. Downton Abbey, I think. See, is I was like, I was watching spoilers. It was the Kevin Smith. Um, yeah. 
uh, show on Hulu Plus. Mm-hmm. It was great. I mean, like, what would happen is, like, you know, like, uh, The Dark Knight Rises would come out, and then Kevin Smith would have a whole show called Spoilers, where, like, you know, he'd talk about the show and right. the, the movie with, like, the different actors and, and just, like, people in the audience about it. Yeah. It was great. I really liked that show. And, like, it didn't come back for a second season, which that was, was unfortunate. just on Hulu? It was on Hulu. It was a Hulu exclusive. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it was it was a really good show. He decided not to do it again, you know. I I, I can't imagine that Kevin Smith would do that. Yeah. Well, he is very busy with right. Smodco and yeah. and you know Comic Book Men and mm-hmm. and uh, and things like that. But I, I thought that was a good avenue for him. I I liked I liked uh, watching him on that show. So. I don't know. I guess the whole segment I'm trying to get out of is online shows. They're they're so good now. You know these originals, and it's not even been a year. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just we all heard about Arrested Development coming out, and I thought that was going to be the best show to be exclusively online. Mm-hmm. And then look at all these shows that have came out. Right. And they're they're up for nominations in primetime TV category, yeah. you know, stuff like Yeah. I don't know, but after reading all the Emmy shit, they do say that the Netflix same shows Netflix makes get, money on subscriptions though. Big time. And I mean, big, you know, big so money. the better TV that they have, better quality TV that they have, especially year round. Right. The more subscriptions they're going to get from people, <laughs> yeah. which is which is huge. Which is a good segue into we need more subscriptions. Yeah, we definitely need some more subscriptions for <laughs> nice. our show. So, um, we're going to take a look, quick break here. It's not going to be a break for you, but we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to come back. We're going to start talking about uh, San Diego Comic-Con and some Woo! more in-depth stuff, uh, you know, uh, comic book news. So Yes. We'll be right back. One... The fuck is my dog doing? Settle the fuck down. He knows we're on a break. Gosh, I got my cat snoring, my dog flipping out. What the fuck is going on? Cat snoring. That's what I said, Jake. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Jesus. (laughs) Jake's ears don't work or something. It cuts out. No, don't use that excuse. It it, it does. It does cut out. Yeah. (laughs) You have selective hearing, Jake. He's like... Although I did hear you say it, <laughs> yeah, Jay heard me say it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah like bugs select beer. It might have cut out like thirty minutes ago, but you definitely heard. It. Well, I stored that like a camel. Brian just. I'll be doing shows <laughs> weekly. Jake Elliott's camel storage, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Jake Elliott. <laughs> and then you hear crickets. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Those I would pay to see down. you do stand up, though. I would pay for it. That's good shit. How much? I'd pay like thirty bucks. God, nice. It, it, yeah. I wouldn't because he'd be like too close to the mic. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> I was doing this the other day. Definitely. <laughs> Time for some observational humor here. Uh, what is it with all these sound fights these days? That's, 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 that, I heard every word. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like Jake's regular voice. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a fucking break. All right, and we're back. Um, I got some pretty cool news. The Shield TV show gets an official premiere date. When? Uh, September 24th, 8, 7 Central. We'll be able to watch Sweet. Agent Coulson's return. Hmm. We also got the official synopsis for the show. Fresh from his role in the summer's box office smash, The Avengers, Agent Phil Coulson, Clark Gregg, returns to the worldwide law enforcement organization S.H.I.E.L.D. He puts together a small, highly trained team of agents to tackle the cases that haven't been classified yet. The new, the strange, and the unknown. 
That team consists of straight arrow agent Grant Ward, an expert in combat and espionage, pilot and martial artist agent Melinda May, and brilliant if socially awkward scientist agent Leo Fitz, and agent Gemma Simmons. They'll be joined by civilian new recruit and computer hacker Sky. So prepare for an epic adventure that showcases the hope and wonder of the human spirit. This is the world of superheroes, aliens, and the unusual, of action, spectacle, and world-spanning stories. This show will speak to the human condition through the lens of our very human, non-powered S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. That together we are greater than we are apart, and that we can make a difference in the world. So I'm excited for that. Me too. That shit sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, could Colby Smolders, who plays Robin in How I Met Your Mother... I heard that a while should, back. Is she eventually going to be part of the cast? Uh, I read that she already is. Well, according to Joss Whedon's statement to THR, that could very well be the case. He said, I wanted very much to have Colby in the pilot because as much as anyone else, she is S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, that makes sense. I mean, she's Maria Hill. Right. Right. He says he goes on to say she's cool and commanding and has the dry humor that plays so well with Clark Gregg. Also, if she's in it, I get to hang out with Kobe. <laughs> so uh, I certainly hope so. I mean, Maria Hill is a big part of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, she's being groomed to take over Nick Fury's role in the agency. So, I mean, she's a big fucking deal. Right. I mean, so would you guys want to see her like after she leaves... I, yeah, how I met your mother after this end of this season. Would you want to see her in a larger role on that show? Oh, very much so. I do. I mean, she's going to get a role in the, in the Captain America two movie as right. well. So yeah. I mean, yeah, she would be kind of like the bridge between the TV show and the movies, if you ask me. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, she's a TV personality. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that was her only thing was how I met your mother, right? So I mean, this is yeah. I don't know her from anything else. When she, when this show's done, what is she going to do? This would be a perfect opportunity to just to jump in something long term again. Yeah, she know? could be the main right player on that show. Yeah. So I, I'm very glad that they're taking the humanist approach. You know, the humanist point of view on this. Yeah, and, and not worrying so much about well, which guy's got this superpower and who's he supposed to be? You know, right. I, that's what I like. I like that they're doing that. So. I hope it's not a freak of the week kind of thing, like with uh, with the uh, Smallville first season. I agree. There, there's so much opportunity to tell so many different kinds of stories with this setup. It's such a great setup. Yeah, I want to know what Shield is. You know, I don't want to. I don't care about the super freak of the week. Right. I want to know what Shield is, how it operates, Behind why it's scenes. operating. And yeah, that's what I want. At the end of every every episode, I just want to see a helicarrier just fall. For yeah. no fucking reason. Because <laughs> those things, they can't keep them up in the air. Those things, are, those things are built to just fucking crash. It's like the Hindenburg. They seem to, yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be a two-hour pilot, do you know? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, you would okay. at least think it'd be an hour and a half, if not two hours. Dude, well, it's got to be a two-hour pilot. Yeah, that didn't they show the whole thing? I no, think they, not the whole thing. Okay. Oh, okay. They just, they rumored that they were going to show the whole fucking thing pilot. at the yeah. account. I think at they Comic-Con. showed like forty some minutes of it, and they said it was not the whole thing and not complete. Uh, okay. Uh, so now we now we know we're getting a Shield show, but what about the rumored Guillermo del Toro Incredible Hulk TV show that they were talking about? Oh yeah. Well, they said they said they canceled that just because of how much is going into Avengers. You know, so. It's so much bigger than a TV show right now that they can't really do both. 
I think was what they were saying. They did talk to Jeff Loeb, um, you know, head of Marvel TV. He sat down with MTV during their live stream to talk about a bunch of different things. And then Del Toro's Hulk series came up. He said um, the project isn't dead. It's just that it's on pause. Um, He added the world of TV is about timing and they need to wait for the right time, the right project, the right place. Uh, Guillermo del Toro also revealed that the talks about the show, they, they had ceased. He said that he met with Jeff Loeb right after Avengers, but after that meeting, there's been a complete radio silence on the show. Um, huh. It's very frustrating for him and for the fans that they don't know what's happening. He hasn't heard anything in months about the show, uh, but obviously Avengers is game char- a game changer for Marvel. It's their property, and if he doesn't get to make it, he'll at least watch those <laughs> movies so um i mean i hope to see that that would be awesome if guillermo totoro could get attached to a hulk tv series TV series yeah. yeah yeah he'd be perfect for it but do we really need it right now or is he going to be so you know such a main plot point in the second one that that we will need a tv series after that like it, it depends on how much story they need to tell well my guess know? is it'd be something completely separate from the movies yeah. it's not going to be okay. mark ruffalo no yeah. he's not right. yeah he's right. not a tv guy so um what about the we i did bring it up in the last episode you know towards the end um there's a rumor that joseph gordon levitt might play dr strange <laughs> Uh, you know, the rumor was provided by Latino Review, and they've been pretty accurate with a lot of their past uh, rumors. What do you guys think? Well, I think this is going to be kind of a rebooting of the character. I mean, if they're going to use him, then it's going to be kind of a different Doctor Strange than I think we've seen in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is probably younger than Doctor Strange. I don't know how old Doctor Strange is. So we'd have to at least see an origin story. He's not going to be like, you know, Doctor right. Strange. This is going to be how he came to be Doctor yeah. Strange. Um, and and they, cool. say, they say it's going to take place within the events of Avengers 1 and 2. So okay. you're going to see uh, uh, things happen in the movie that relate to those two movies. But nothing's so. concrete. It's not like Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been you know, cast right. yet. This is not right. concrete. Right, it's not concrete, and you know, when I first heard it, I think, Brian, you were the first one to tell me about it, I was kind of off-put by it, almost. I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't see him as that character, but when I was starting to look at some pictures of him online, and, you know, painting in the mustache and the goatee, I could kind of see it. I can kind of see it if they're going to start this from a kind of a younger perspective, when he first kind of figured out he was Doctor Strange. Right. Dude, I'll Those take are- him over Patrick Dempsey any day of the week. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really excited to find out who's going to direct Doctor Strange. I mean, so much of that movie, there's so much imagination and real visionary stuff you can do with it. You know, I think the director is going to make or break that project for me. Yeah, it should be kind of psychedelic almost. I agree. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, the only the only name that comes to mind right now that I think could really pull it off would be Sam Raimi. Yeah. But What about uh, Michael Gondry, maybe? Doing a Doctor Strange. Movie. Oh yeah, definitely. But I don't. I don't think you want to keep it too serious. I mean, they want this to anchor the Marvel universe like Iron Man was anchoring the Marvel universe. So you know, we know Robert Downey Jr. is not going to be there. Now we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, supposedly rumored, but I think he'd be good for that. I think he could bring the lighter side and the darker side. They need to have both. 
I don't want this to be an artsy fartsy film either. I want it to be kind of fun. You know, Doctor Strange is fun. It's a fun yeah. thing to read his character. So I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have, I mean, somebody take over for Robert Downey Jr., you want a big name, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a fucking hot commodity right now in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and the same three initials. I mean, well, he's got three initials. Yeah, exactly. You got RDJ and JGL. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all you need right there. <laughs> NPH. There we go. <laughs> um, like Marvel, they said they may want. Have you guys heard that they may want to work with Aaron Eckhart in the future? Hmm. Uh, Nuke the Fridge asked Eckhart if he was planning to work with Christopher Nolan again, and later down the road, saying, "I would love to." Chris hasn't called. You know, I know Marvel, and we would love to do something together sometime. So it looks like Marvel has reached out to him. Hmm. There's no hmm. details as to what role right. he's been offered, but what do you guys think? What what role would you like to see? You know, me and Jay kind of talked about this early in the week. Mm. Yeah, and, and my mind was blown. <laughs> and uh, Jay said something. You, 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 who was your first guess that you thought maybe you know Aaron Eckhart would be a good character? My my first guess was Thanos. Um, just he's got kind of the same facial structure. I remember you saying Daredevil. And or yeah, that was my second choice. Actually, was Daredevil. Um, right. I think he'd make a great Matt Murdock. I think he'd make an awesome Daredevil. I mean, come on. Right. No, and but, I, I like that too. Yeah, but I don't think that's what this is about. I don't think they're even talking about Daredevil yet at Marvel. He right. just came back, so right. I'm thinking this. I was thinking Thanos first pick. Uh, and then I I suggested that uh, Aaron Eckhart might be uh, Adam Warlock. Yes, oh. which would be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> look at the guy. I know. Look at look at a picture of Adam Warlock and look at Adam Eckhart. Aaron Aaron Eckhart. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Eckhart. And and the serious that seriousness that he has, the right. sternness yeah. of an Adam Warlock. Yeah. So you know, seriously, if somebody from Marvel Studios is listening to this podcast, which is highly unlikely, I don't know if anybody's listening to this podcast. <laughs> Shit, Jay, you just you. said put a picture next to him. I I just Googled it and yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Wow, I thought that might yeah. have been him. I mean, just glance when, at when that. Brian's, I, you know, I, I was talking to Brian That's before all this, before even the podcast about Guardians of the Galaxy, and I said, I want Adam Warlock. And and I totally did not put two and two together until he said that. And I was like, holy shit. He would be <laughs> the perfect exactly Adam Warlock. Like, perfect. Yes. And Eckhart has already said that he doesn't want to be like a goofy character. He wants to be a serious character. And That's about as serious as it gets. No shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm totally all about that. Um, now, there's some other cool news that I heard. Benicio Del Toro, who's been cast in the 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy, he mm-hmm. might be appearing in this year's Thor 2. What? Hmm. According to Clive Russell, who plays Thor's older brother, Tyr, uh, in an interview with Flicks in the City, was asked what it was like working with the American actors on Thor, The Dark World, and Russell says that Americans tend to be more understated and less theatrical, saying, I worked with Benicio Del Toro on a scene in which he was meant to be quite angry. And sitting 15 feet away, I couldn't hear a word he was saying. But you look on at the screen, and it's absolutely there. (laughs) What a huge giveaway. We've got Russell basically just saying that 
he worked with Benicio del Toro, and he's in the Thor two film. Could right. this mean that there's a scene in Thor two where Benicio del Toro shows up? Maybe a post credit scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly as the collector. And you know what? They're already trying to deny this rumor. So I'm betting it's absolutely true. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially since you say looking at the screen and believing it. Yeah, that's totally CGI he's talking about. Right. Oh, man. That's just a big slip up from a dumb actor right there. <laughs> right. Right. But it's huge. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah, that's I'd awesome. They almost have to because the. I mean, do you? I mean, we know the collectors. Benicio del Toro's collector is going right. to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right? Uh, are they going to try and set all that up in one film, or are they going to do this with some of Thor two? I mean, because we're talking about it's going to be some of Thor two. I mean, we're going to get a proper post credit scene. I think this time. It's, yeah. You know, hopefully it's not fucking you know uh, Mark Ruffalo uh, talking to Thor about his post traumatic stress disorder on a couch. That's fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. What a yeah. fucking bullshit scene. Yeah. Waste of yeah, time. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit through for that. And and <laughs> that actually helped lower my rating on Iron Man three. By the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> Now, don't count out on Shailene Woodley as the new Mary Jane in Spider-Man 2 sequel either. Rumor has it that even though her scenes were cut out of the Amazing Spider-Man 2, she may star as Mary Jane in Amazing Spider-Man 3. Okay. Yeah, they said she had that line about Champ. I didn't have the exact quote. But it was something that was Mary Jane was famous for saying in the Spider-Man comic books. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hit Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Right, right, right. And that she said that that will be in. Uh, she did a tweet about it that that would be in uh, part three. Right, supposedly. Now, uh, speaking of the Spider-Man Two, I got to see the trailer for the film that was released to the crowd um, at San Diego uh, Comic Con this weekend. I didn't get to hear it though; I, there was no audio. Audio um, was bad anyway. The the audio there was none in the version that I saw. Huh. I mean, this was the first trailer that was released, right? And it was to just the people oh, okay. that were at yeah. the panel at yeah. San Diego Comic Con. There was no audio in the one that I saw. Um, Jay, you saw? Did you see it? Uh, I saw it. Yeah, I also saw it. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it was really hard to watch. Um, the only we, thing I thought was cool was like the uh, the electro scenes where he was grabbing onto those cables. Yeah, yeah. it really showed the power and yeah. the menace of electro. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 official synopsis for that film, um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, for Peter Parker, life is busy. Between taking out the bad guys to Spider-Man and spending time with the person he loves, Gwen, high school graduation can't come quickly enough. Peter hasn't forgotten the promise he made to Gwen's father to protect her by staying away. But that's a promise he just can't keep. Things will change for Peter when a new villain, Electro, emerges, an old friend, Harry Osborn, returns, and Peter uncovers new clues about his past. So at the Spider-Man 2 panel, they started off by showing a video of Andrew Garfield. He broke into San Diego Comic-Con Convention Center while he was in full Spider-Man costume. And then (laughs) he sat down and talked with the fans. Um, Then they showed a video of Emma Stone talking to fans. She was uh, shooting a movie, I believe, in France. So uh, she couldn't be there in San Diego. Uh, But the the, uh, clip of uh, Emma Stone talking to fans was interrupted by a creepy video of Electro singing Itsy Bitsy Spider. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Jay, what did you think about the trailer? You did You did watch the trailer. Yeah. 
Um, well, e- e- from what I could see, um, it, it kind of starts out, and there's uh, like some some kid driving a van. Yeah, and he's driving down the street, and Spider Man is kind of on the roof of the van, and he's trying to stop this kid from running into a. Uh, a barrier in the middle of the road. Right. And they do a lot of flashback scenes that are relating to uh, just him and Gwen Stacy, stuff that she said to him, or him and Aunt May, stuff that was said to him. And, and again, we didn't get sound, so I'm just right. piecing this together. Um, we we do see Rhino um, as Rhino <laughs> real quick. Real quick. Um, real quick shot mm-hmm. kind of after this chaos of the van scene and they're doing these flashbacks you kind of see a glimpse of rhino um in the kind of the middle of the city right and spider-man has to fight him and then we see more of electro um just kind of yeah being almost godlike just sh- like jedi sith shooting you know lightning bolts out of his hands and stuff mm-hmm. but there's also intercut scenes where he's just kind of walking around the city so you you can tell there's going to be there's going to be more of a story to Electro than just this guy's a villain and he's just here to you know wreak havoc. You know they're yeah. trying to show some like almost a scene where he looked like a homeless person mm-hmm. walking around the city and you kind of feel for him just from the trailer with no sound. By the way, <laughs> well it's unfortunate <laughs> it's unfortunate that we didn't get sound, but I did a lot of digging into mm-hmm. this trailer. Um, you start off like you said with that scene with the van racing through New York City. Yeah. Um, you actually hear Spider-Man say, you know what I love about being Spider-Man? Everything. <laughs> then they, sh- they show him nice. de- defeating um, Paul, Giamatti, Paul Giamatti, who plays the rhino. He defeats him before he is the rhino. He leaves him tied up, unconscious, and with his pants down. And with <laughs> the New Yorkers are cheering Spidey on. <laughs> they then show Jamie Foxx as Max Dillon. He's getting electrocuted in a building that includes wiring and electrical tubing and a tank full of electric eels. <laughs> There's also a scene where Pete, Peter gets uh, in trouble with Aunt May, for getting red and blue all over her whites in the laundry where she says <laughs> she says why are there blue and red stains in the wash to which he responds i've been washing the flag <laughs> there's a scene of harry osborne uh played by uh dahan uh what's his name um oh shoot he's, first he's got a hard name to pronounce uh dane dane dahan yes uh he's from uh chronicle the he was the uh villain in chronicle yes uh, he's speaking to his dying father norman osborne uh on his deathbed there's a close-up then of someone's feet as they shed scraps of green skin what and people are guessing that this is harry transforming into the green goblin hmm. Uh, then there's a scene of Peter in a graveyard, and I'm guessing I'm guessing it's Uncle Ben's gravesite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a scene of Pete, uh, a scene of Pete and Gwen kissing, and then a scene with Gwen Stacy standing by Max Dillon, who's Electro, in an elevator at Oscorp Tower. We see Electro go crazy and start to electrocute the shit out of New York City. And then finally, there's a scene where Spider-Man saves police officer's life by catching a flying police car after the rhino goes on a rampage. Huh. So I had wow. to do a lot of digging to find that. So it's very cool, though. Yeah. I mean, it does sound. Yeah. I really like the, that the new Spider-Man. You know, I know. I think we're split. Me and you liked yeah. it. Jay and Jake, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. But, yeah, this sounds interesting. Um, and, and Mark Webb has gone on to say, you know, we don't want to make this like Spider-Man 3. You know, we don't want – we're not trying to put a mess of villains in here without a story. Right. Um, uh, and 
it's going to be interesting to see if Harry Osborne, if that, the rumor, of course, was, which we talked about in a prior episode, was that it was going to be kind of a mix between Catwoman and Iron Man's armor. Yeah. For Green Goblin, but this sounds like it might not be. Yeah. And Mark Webb has been putting out all kinds of false rumors. So we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, dude, it might just be a bunch of misdirection, man. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be stupid and fuck up the Green Goblin. I just don't see it. Um, Hopefully not, enough. There was enough that I liked about the first Spider-Man that tells me he's not trying to screw this up. You know, I didn't hate it. So I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm a lot more excited about this one than the last one. Now that they're past the origin story and they can just tell us a Spider-Man story. Yes. Mark even said the same thing. Yeah, that makes me happy that you said that, Jake. Seriously, I just smiled. Yeah, it's, Me too. You know, as a comic fan, you guys know, how many times have we read or seen Spider-Man's origin? Yeah. And when you have to see it for like the 50th time, it's just I just kind of glaze over at the origin stories for all these characters right. nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like the way Man always... of Steel did it, though. They did it in flashbacks throughout yeah. the film. Yeah, like they yeah. were present, but then... But yeah, I mean, you know, at least Mark Webb changed it a little bit. Um, and I honestly think that he did a really good job showing a relationship between Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy a lot better than Sam Raimi did with, um, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. I, the, the relationship that James Franco had with Kirsten Dunst actually looked a lot better, better. on screen oh, yeah. than Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a romantic scene. So. He just didn't seem like a, he does not a ladies man. Right. You know what I mean? He's just, yeah. So, kind of like Jake. That's just yeah. my opinion. <laughs> now, Thanks, Dan. Just joking. Um, I, I know that we aren't huge supporters of this film, but we have to go over X-Men Days of Future Past news. If we didn't, we wouldn't be a legitimate podcast, sure. in my opinion. So um, this news is from Vulture. Apparently Wolverine, not Kitty Pride, like in the 80s comic of the same title, Days of Future Past, will be the mutant who gets sent back in time to 1973. Hmm. Right. Um, Kitty yeah, Pride uses. Yeah, Kitty Pride uses her powers to send Wolverine back, where he meets the young Professor X, President Nixon, and a secret door in the Oval Office, and Bishop. Right. Oh, um, there's a final shot in the footage showed uh, McAvoy, who plays uh, Professor X, and uh, Patrick Stewart, who plays old Professor uh, X interacting with one another like fighting uh, X. uh the elder xavier implores uh please we need you to he says please we need you to hope again right uh, peter dinklage is playing bolivar trask the inventor of the sentinels that's and, exciting and then josh hellman is playing a young william striker um there's a source that told movieweb.com that X-Men villain Apocalypse, uh, the very first mutant who's also part alien, will be involved with Days of Future Past, saying he's definitely a big part of Fox's whole plan for the big X-Men universe with spin-off movies. The Avengers really is the template here. When asked if Apocalypse will show up in Days of Future Past, the source says, I won't say too much about that. You'll just have to wait and see. Right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Did everybody can I, get can to I say see something the... about this movie real quick? Go, I'm sorry, Jake. What was that? Can I say something about this movie real quick? Sure. I read a quote from Hugh Jackman where he said this movie is like 20 great movies in one. And I, I pretty much think that's what the problem with this movie is. I mean, they're trying to just cram all that gram. It's going to be everything. too much. 
Yeah, it's too like much. a kitchen sink episode in an X-Men movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be too much. Um, These are the same pictures we saw the other day, like the the bust of the Sentinels. Did you guys get to see those? Yeah, well, yeah. I saw those. Those yeah. were cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know, like, uh, it didn't look like the Sentinel, Sentinels, though, from uh, the X-Men 3 movie where they had, like, the... Uh, what was that like? A virtual reality yeah, danger room. The danger room sequence, yeah. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, I am a little bit excited to see Apocalypse in a live action film, though. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That news didn't totally turn me off. Right. Um, I'm gonna give this movie a what? chance, even though it's Brian Singer. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm yeah, gonna watch it. Definitely. And uh, I'm excited to see Fastbender and Ian McKellen share time. And yeah. All that stuff sounds. I think it'll have good parts, but you're yeah. just gonna have to shut your brain off as a whole. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be hard to fix the continuity, man. They've really butchered it, man. They're not gonna fix anything. They're just gonna shit all over it. God. Even. <laughs> um, Chris Hardwick. Let's go to the Marvel panel. So the Marvel panel happened. Unless, do you guys have any other news that you wanted to talk about before we hit the Marvel panel? No, let's keep it Marvel. Maybe yeah. the one DC thing that wasn't brought up. We're, we're going to talk DC after, after the Marvel, Marvel panel. Okay, okay cool. Yeah, we're going right. to stick all Marvel. That'll work. Uh, so there was a Marvel panel. Uh, Chris Hardwick, the host of The Talking Dead, was the panel moderator. Uh, he then introduced Kevin Feige. Hardwick asked, what's coming up next? And Feige said, we have a lot of things coming up next. We're in post-production for Thor the dark world right now and then the room went dark and a live voiceover hit humanity look how far you've fallen huddled together in the dark like beasts tom hiddleston then comes out in full loki costume amazing i am loki of asgard and i am burdened with the glorious purpose stand back you mewling quim (laughs) <laughs> in this meager palace of Midgard, the arena they, call, arena they call Hall H, you should have let me rule you when you had the chance. Yet here you are. Your eyes crave unseen sights. Your imaginations ache and hunger. Where are your Avengers now? Claim loyalty to me, and I will give you what you need. Say my name. Crowd screams Loki. <laughs> oh yeah. Which he said, say my name. <laughs> and the crowd would chant back Loki. He did this four times. He and demanded then, it. <laughs> yes. And then Hiddleston laughed and said, Well, it seems I have an army. <laughs> <laughs> Feast your eyes. Then they showed the Thor extended trailer that features Thor battling uh with the Warriors Three. Um there were some cool scenes they said. I didn't get to see the trailer, but I'm I'm going off what I what I heard. Mm-hmm. There were some cool scenes with Thor and Sif fighting the enemy. They show dark elves and giants along with Lady Sif kicking ass. Um, the rainbow bridge opens and Mjolnir, which is Thor's hammer, flies out. Then the bridge disappears and Thor catches his hammer, leaping into the air and taking down a bunch of enemies at once. Uh, Sif says, I've got this completely under control. Thor replies, is that why everything's on fire? <laughs> a new giant comes out and Sif says all yours <laughs> uh, voiceover says there are dark forces that have survived Thor then takes Jane to Asgard uh, Loki gets threatened by almost the entire supporting cast <laughs> um, there's a scene where Jane Foster um, slaps him and says that was for New York oh wow um, 
I'll find a way to save us all, promises Thor. The inevitable betrayal of Loki was teased at the end of the trailer with the him uh, with him seemingly taking Thor's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was time. Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about the Thor panel? Um, no, I, I thought it was brilliant. Um, Tom Hiddleston coming out in full Loki costume. Yeah, kind of like a uh, like a. It reminded you of uh, when Robert Downey Jr. came out with the Iron Man hand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was watching this on my phone, on a video that someone recorded on their phone, and I was cheering myself. Loki, Loki. <laughs> it, it was great stuff. That's awesome. Uh, next, it was time for the Captain America panel, uh, where they had Chris Evans, Samuel Jackson, Scarlett Johansson, and Kobe Smulders. They made an appearance. Um, they were we were also treated uh, to a new casting. Uh, Emily Van Camp uh, yeah. as Agent Thirteen Sharon Carter has been cast in the film, hmm. which has a huge backstory with uh, Cap. Oh, oh definitely. yeah, definitely. Um, they went on and talked to some of the cast. Johansson says that Natasha Romanoff is a very integral integral part of the story. Uh, Johansson says that this film is gritty with a lot of knuckle-bearing action. One of the creators said that Johansson and Chris Evans share this movie in a big way. So we're going to get to see a lot of Natasha Romanoff. I really liked her as Black Widow mm-hmm. in the Avengers film. Mm-hmm. A lot more than I liked her in Iron Man 2. Yeah. They really stepped her character up the second time around. I yeah. time. But I liked her action sequences in Iron Man 2. I just liked her character development a lot more in Avengers. When Joss Whedon is directing her, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they almost, uh, from what they're talking about, almost have an intimate relationship yes. um, that develops in this movie. So. Yeah. And and if you you know we're not there's a ton of stuff to talk about with Agent Thirteen, um, but that would take a long time. But what you should know is that was also a Captain America love interest. Yes. Right. So you have Agent Thirteen, and you have uh, Black Widow. Which so where are they going with that? Is it going to be a love triangle? Is that even going to play a factor? Right. Now they said that this movie is going to be. A lot like Brubaker's run on uh, Winter Soldier. Right. So that that made me happy, too. Yeah, yeah. that's exciting. That is exciting. Uh, did you guys hear about the Cap trailer? No. Yes. Oh. Uh, it starts off with a shot of Triskelion. They show Cap in his Super Soldier costume. Uh, the trailer scene takes place in a very small glass elevator. Now, as Cap travels down floor by floor and more people get in... He notices these men have guns with their <laughs> hands on the holsters. Huh. Uh, one man starts to sweat, and Cap starts to realize it's an ambush. <laughs> now, just before the fight ensues, he does offer them an out. He says, does anybody want to get out? Oh, awesome. No one gets off the elevator, and everyone proceeds <laughs> to get their asses kicked by Cap. Oh, <laughs> No way. The final shot down at the elevator floor, you see stacked with enemies. In the middle, you see Cap's shield. He then flicks it up with his foot and catches it. Then you see Cap uh, says to Robert Redford's character, I join S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect people. Robert Redford says, Captain, to build a better world sometimes means tearing the old one down. Right. There are shots of supporting cast members. There's a shot of many heli- uh, helicarriers. A voiceover says, this isn't freedom, this is fear. And then there's a scene of Black Widow and Agent 13, Sharon Carter kicking some ass, followed by Falcon dropping from the helicarrier 
back first and then extending his wings to fly. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Finally, awesome. there's a shot of the helicarrier going down. <laughs> and, then, and then they show the logo. Um, there's a shot of Cap's shield on the ground. And then Bucky's metal arm picks it up. Yeah, that's awesome. baby. Fuck yeah. yeah. I, that's the way to end I, it right there. But, uh, Crossbones was featured in the beginning action sequence. I'm sorry? I read that Crossbones was featured in that beginning action sequence. No in one shit. Of the shots I, read. I didn't yeah, know that. Frank Grillo, uh, him and Cap stare each other down when the elevator lands. Repeat what you just said. It, it really yeah. it was bad. Um, Crossbones appears in the movie. Um, Frank Grillo playing him. And we see that in the beginning. Oh, yeah. You're right. You, yeah. And I read as soon as Cap comes off the elevator, he makes contact with Crossbones. And we see that character, too. Awesome. I didn't hear that. That's awesome. Wow. Good scoop, so, Jake. Yeah. All right. Um, next what, up on, uh, on the panel was the oh, one. Can we, can we stay on Cap for just one yeah, second? Yeah, go for it. Um, Kevin Fage. Is it Fahey or Fage? I, I always say Fagey. Ke- oh, or Kevin Feige. Feige. Kevin Feige um, on the panel said that Captain America 2 is definitely the biggest bridge movie of all the Phase 2 films. Wow. Going to Avengers 2. It's wow. basically part 2.1 or something like that. Yeah, they said many of the plot points introduced in it will carry over in Avengers 2, unlike wow. any of the other Phase 2 movies. And that's weird because you'd think that Thor being like, you know, you're, you're dealing with Asgard and, and things like that, that that yeah, would be... Else, yeah, you're, you're right, Brian. Guardians of the Galaxy. Same thing too with Thanos being right. in there. But you know what? With the Cap stuff, you've got the Shield connection. You know, mm. Shield is going to be all over this yeah. cosmic shit because, like, that's what they were worried about in Avengers. Is like the reason that they were using this, uh, you know, uh, Asgardian technology mm-hmm. uh, was because of the presence of, um, you know, they found out about Thor and mm-hmm. and shit like this and aliens, aliens and stuff like that. Them. Yeah, so but, exactly. but doesn't this sound like a break between the Avengers and, and Shield to you guys? I mean, from what I've read, that this is kind of a conflict. Captain America has a conflict with Shield. Black Widow has a conflict with Shield, huh. and and then you have Agent Thirteen who has a conflict with Shield in the comic books. I right. don't know if that's going to be in the movie or not. Yeah, yeah. So. I just got really excited. We know that at the end of Cap 2, it's not going to be a Hulk, you know, therapy session if it's the <laughs> biggest Phase 2 bridge film, you right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, that's awesome, dude. I, I, I can't wait for these films. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, man. Thor 2 is next up. Yep. Yep. And then, and then we've got the, the Cap Captain, to look forward yeah. to. Is Cap coming out in April of April 2014? 4th. April 4th, 14. 2014. Yeah. Fantastic. Um. Then, uh, did you have anything more to say about Cap, guys? Oh, no. I'm okay. ready to move on now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there is the MMA fighter that's starring in the Captain America movie, too, right? Who? Uh, yeah. That's right. Uh, George St. Pierre? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Champ. He's a champ. Right. Yeah, he, he's going to be in that film as well. Who is he playing again? Uh, the leper. The leaper. Ball, was it, uh, is it oh, Batrock? It's Bat- Batrock the Leaper. Yes. Leaper. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that should be cool. He's yeah. a cool dude. I, yeah. I want to see him as that character. So, <laughs> that's a great character. That'll be fun to see. Yeah, yeah well, and definitely. they pick the perfect guy because that's what he does is a lot of like kicking. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. So, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was up next, and that was the one that I was the most excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're only fourteen days into filming. Uh, the entire cast, along with 
uh, director James Gunn, they flew in from the UK where they're currently shooting the film, and they met with fans at San Diego Comic Con in Hall H. Uh, Chris Pratt says Star Lord goes around space making out with hot alien girls and being a bit of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's through teaming up with the Guardians that he finds a greater purpose. James Gunn says that Batista won his role on the basis of his acting ability after auditioning six or seven times. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Uh, Batista, who's doing, he's doing Riddick 2, which yeah. have you guys seen the trail, the red band trailer for Riddick 2? Not the red band. Fucking looks awesome. Really? It does. Yeah. yeah. I liked Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. I mean, it had Carl Urban in it. I, I liked it. It was a good sci-fi fo- movie. I liked it a lot better than the original, what was it, Pitch Black? Pitch Black. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really care for that movie, but I really liked Chronicles of Riddick. So I'm, I'm ready to see Batista in Riddick 2 because that'll give us a good indication of you know how he's going to be in my opinion in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Batista he was being humble about his acting abilities um, in this film now Del Toro uh, he says that he hasn't started working uh, on the film yet and is just meeting the cast for the first time uh, that makes sense because it sounds like he's been too busy shooting teaser post credit scenes for Thor 2 <laughs> uh, yeah. to be involved in the Guardians of the Galaxy film um, did you guys hear about the footage that was shown? No, yeah. I didn't see any of that. That's guys, the one thing I we were talking about. about. Okay, me, Jay, and Jake were on uh, Group Me Chat last yeah. night, and we were fucking going crazy last night. Oh my god! Yeah, we were finally- I, I was in the middle of playing poker, and I had to get up from the table. <laughs> oh, I read all that. I mean, I was, I was, uh, my phone still had service where we were at, and I was able to read it. But Jake, uh, how were you reacting when we were hearing the news of the Marvel Live yeah. blog? Oh my god! I just I just want to see Rocket Raccoon so bad. I was just like literally twitching at the people <laughs> were seeing what he got to look like for the first time. Now, do you guys want to hear about the footage? Have you guys heard about it? Oh yeah, I have read synopsises, but yeah, let's hear more about it. Okay, the footage shown at Comic Con starts by showing a desolate alien world where Star Lord is exploring some kind of a chamber, where he uses a light globe to illuminate the room, and then he finds an alien artifact that is an orb, and then he takes it. He's then greeted by an alien cop, like alien cops, mm. and their leader Korath, who says, "Drop it now." And he then asks Quill who he is, and then you know Chris Pratt says, "Star Lord," and Korath goes, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Star Lord, man, legendary outlaw." <laughs> Star Lord sounds disappointed that he hasn't heard of him, and he says, "Forget it." <laughs> then we see someone activating a wrist transceiver and we're in an alien prison where five creatures have been arrested on Xandar. You next see holographic rap sheets for all of them. Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, a personal death machine, Rocket Raccoon, who has over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup, <laughs> Groot, a houseplant, muscle, and then Star-Lord. Drax and Gamora are shown in full makeup during the trailer, Rocket and Groot are 100% CGI, but there are no voiceovers yet. Hmm. He does look like a real raccoon, and he is in his Guardians of the Galaxy comic book costume. Yeah. I read we don't even see Groot's face in this, that we literally just see his chest. I haven't heard that. I saw pictures of his face. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. Uh, Roman Day, who's played by uh, John C. Riley, narrates the whole thing with intense snarkiness, uh, <laughs> especially when they get to the part about how Peter Quill calls himself Star-Lord. He, he, he's naming off the different uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and he says, Peter Jason Quill, also known as Star-Lord, and he goes, who calls him that? <laughs> 
He goes, mostly himself. <laughs> While the Nova Corps are processing Peter Quill in as a prisoner, listening to this, Quill is slowly cranking up his middle finger to flip them off. <laughs> then says, oh, sorry, I didn't know how this thing works. Quill is then in prison, and Drax is listening to crappy music, and Quill is annoyed with it, and then he gets tased by guards. <laughs> and then there was a bunch of action footage featuring a two-headed alien shooting a gun, there's a prison riot, there's tons of Gamora kicking ass, and then Rocket Raccoon being carried by Groot going crazy shooting a big gun with a vicious look on his face. <laughs> Perfect. The footage ends with John C. Riley saying they call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of (laughs) a-holes. And then we see the five of them lined up in a prisoner lineup like the usual suspects. Nice. Now, the (laughs) the footage is said to have featured an arrested Star-Lord. He's being loaded onto a cargo ship. Um, Let's see here. No, I think I've gone over everything. I think I've gone over everything. Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, he was being loaded onto a cargo ship, right. and that's why he got arrested. Yeah, and that's when you meet the Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time because all these guys have been arrested. <laughs> right, and then yeah, that's when uh, John C. Riley does the introductions and goes over the rap sheets. So right, um, there, there's uh, other news and highlights from the panels and, and interviews that they had. Um, they said don't expect any casting news for Rocket Raccoon or Groot anytime uh, soon uh, and they really don't need to uh, they just don't need to know I mean they just need to know that the dialogue for these characters is done um, but see these characters are going to be 100% CG right they could actually wrap filming and get actors to do voiceover work months after the filming if they wanted to nice. so it's not yeah. like they have to get it done right. now yeah, I feel like they could animate the characters better to the actor, though, if they'd get it on, you know, get that well, decision made. And and they may, Jake. I mean, we could be wrong. But, I mean, you're – I don't know. I, I don't know who you're going to want to make a, ra- uh, a raccoon look like or, or a talking tree. Right. Yeah, I hear you. So, I, I mean, look the, like, the, but, but just manner, mannerisms. You know? I know, but the Hulk – it was cool when they did it with Ruffalo because the Hulk is more like a humanoid type character. Right. You've got a talking raccoon and a fucking tree. You can't make him look like somebody without it looking stupid. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I, yeah you don't want it. I don't want it to look true. like. I want it to look like Rocket Raccoon. Right. I don't want it to look like Adam like Sandler Rocket as Rocket Raccoon. Raccoon. Right. Yeah, so the actors could conform to what's already been brought about in the comic books. Absolutely. They could base it off of that. Shrek, then... look, Shrek looks nothing like Michael Myers, and that no. movie is fucking hilarious. The I, first just, I think yeah. Shrek does look like Michael Myers. I think that's in there. I see what you're saying, but it's not... I, I don't want them to humanize that. Shrek character. looks like I, the I NBA player Popeye either. Jones. He doesn't look like... Yeah, I'm fighting an argument that I don't want to win. I want Rocket Raccoon to not look like an actor either, but I just think that you can just do more with it. It would help more to already know who that's going to be. Not to make it aesthetically look like Adam Sandler, but to for its mannerisms and its gestures. Right. And everything. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I understand a little bit of that, but hey, I'm going to trust James Gunn on this one. I trust James Gunn too. Um, director James Gunn was quoted as saying Guardians is about a family coming together and it really is about a group of individuals who have acted selfishly only as individuals throughout their life and learning something about themselves that makes them heroes 
So it's kind of like the Bad News Bears as far as superheroes go. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. they come together, they're, they're all Sounds a bunch a of fuck-ups that end up in prison. Yeah. And then fucking, Sounds like a lot of fun, though. Yeah. This is going to be a fun movie, man. It's the opposite of the Avengers, where you have these people that realize that they're heroes. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you have these people that don't realize that they have that potential, and that's what's cool about it. Yeah. And not to mention the cosmic, cosmic aspect of it, but... Just the fact that they're going a different route than Avengers. And this is going to have some humor that Avengers didn't have. Oh, hell yeah, dude. It's going to have some weirdness that Avengers didn't have. Yeah, and Avengers was weird as shit. Yeah, but like again, you've got a raccoon and a and a giant tree. No, no, know, I'm so. totally totally get what you're saying, dude. But yeah. like Avengers yeah. was a fun, weird movie. This takes that times ten. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I hope audiences love it. I hope they can accept it. Yeah, because it's not Avengers. It won't be Avengers. If people are expecting that, that's not what this is. This is a a thing of its own. Guys, I think it all all hinges on children and Rocket Raccoon. Oh, I know. Exactly. If If you can get your child to fall in love with Rocket Raccoon... And if you can get kids like wanting to get Rocket Raccoon toys, and toys, and, yeah. and coloring books and All types and bed of sheets, dude, you you've got yourself you've got yourself a movie that's going to bring in a lot of money, big time. I want that stuff now. <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt, he isn't particularly happy with his new diet. He's had to put on some muscle and get leaner for this role as Star Lord. He said, basically, I cried like forty eight pounds off it, off it. <laughs> uh- uh, Gunn recalled his birthday was three weeks ago, four weeks ago. After dinner, they brought out a tray of vegetables that reply- that spelled happy birthday. <laughs> cool. Pratt added, yeah, and if there was one that was sharp, I would have used it to cut my wrists. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah, I, if you see dude, I already like him. Shit. I already like him, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's perfect for that character. He is perfect. He's a lighthearted guy. And in Parks and Recreation, he's kind of this chubby, kind of almost hippie kind of dude that doesn't really, you know, take care of himself. Right. But now he's playing this leader of this team, you know. Right. Which will be interesting. But, yeah, he had to drop a ton of weight for this and, and get buff. Yeah, and we saw that picture. Jay, you actually posted it on our Facebook page, dude. He's, he fucking looks good now, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. He's I mean, ru- and they put themselves through hell to do that. Yeah. So he's serious about the character. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you guys want to hear some uh, of the, uh, cast's, the cast's reactions to their parts? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, we got Michael Rooker on Yandu. I usually get in. I look in the mirror. I go, ah, what do you think? And the makeup girl or guy says, well, we can do this. We can do this. And I can go, eh, nah. When I get mad, I get red. When I get embarrassed, I get red. When I get turned on, I get red. <laughs> and I want the audience to see that as well, you know, in the character. So if the character is getting mad, getting turned on, getting upset or something... You're going to see that in the facial tones and the skin tones, and that's what I enjoy about acting is to be very subtle like that. I prefer to have no makeup at all, but not in this one. So we're going to see an all-blue Michael Rooker in this, in this movie. <laughs> um, Lee Pace on his role as Ronan the Accuser. I'm just really excited to make a villain that is complicated and that there's a core of him that you can find something that you understand. You know, I don't know. He's, a pretty, he's pretty bad, though. When asked who his character was... He said, he's very complicated. He's a beast. He's an iconic character. And I don't want to say too much right now because we're going to put this on the screen. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he is a complicated character. Yeah. I mean, he's he's from a... What, was the Cree destroyed? 
his his alien race was the Cree destroyed by Galactus? Um, yeah, they found a new Cree homeworld. Okay, so he, but he is basically the judge, jury, and executioner of this race. Yeah, much the- you know, much like a Judge Dredd almost, where he's making all these decisions on the fly. Oh, nice. So he, he he is a scary guy, you know, because he, he's had some, you know, uh, it's almost a racial thing with these alien races when you get into the comic books, the which, Kree, the Scroll, Which is, and, like, totally out of character for what we've seen Lee Pace in, you know, like exactly. on, on Pushing Daisies. Be, yeah, well, yeah. You know, on Pushing Daisies, he's this super nice, likable guy. Yeah. But now, I think, I think what they're saying, though, is that that core is going to be there. He's not going to be this cut-and-dry villain, which I love. I, I love that they're doing that. He is a complex villain. He's a very powerful villain. Now, uh, let's see here. Karen Gillan, uh, her take on Nebula. One of the most interesting things about the character for me is her very strange and complex relationship to Gamora. During mm. the panel, she was asked by Chris Hardwick, isn't Nebula bald? To which, she, <laughs> to which she replied by saying, I may have done something a little crazy. Then she pulled off her wig and she threw Bald. it to the crowd. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, D- Dave Batista on his uh, Drax the Destroyer. Drax, he's full of rage and he's full of honor. He's very literal. <laughs> uh, Zoe Saldana uh, on Gamora. She turns green when she blushes. She turns green when she's mad, when she's turned on. What's wonderful is that she has grown up in an environment that has misrepresented how she truly, truly feels inside. And she's going to discover that, hopefully. Hmm. Uh, Chris Pratt's take on Star-Lord, Peter Quill. Star-Lord is the guy who lives in space. (laughs) He said that jokingly. (laughs) He's a jerk who who had a hard time as a kid, and now he goes around space making out with hot alien girls just Mm -hmm. being a rogue. Though, teaming up with these guys, he finds a higher purpose for himself, which is to really care about something and really fight and put his life on the line for his new family. Right. There's a petulance to him. He hasn't really been held accountable as an adult. He's been able to be kind of a free in space and do whatever he wanted to do. And that's really kind of fun because it means that he's, like, slept with all these super weird aliens. <laughs> awesome. Kind of a cross between Captain Kirk and Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. totally. That's totally. Cool. Yeah, good, good call. Uh, Benicio Del Toro on his character, The Collector. I think it's pretty cool that he's got his own personal zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. He does. Now, did you guys uh, want to talk anything more about the Guardians of the Galaxy? No, just besides, uh, I'll be posting on Facebook this picture, but we, we were talking about this earlier, too, was the Guardians of the Galaxy. You get to see Star-Lord's helmet, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, a Nova Corps guardsman, and some of the other props from that. And I'll be posting that on Facebook, so right. check that out as well. It's pretty cool. Now, I also read that Thanos will exist as a mastermind in this movie and will play a role, but not be in any way the main villain. Yeah, I was going to get to that, actually. Um, you, you're absolutely right. Um, I was not overlooking that. Um, let's, yeah, according to Kevin Feige, in, in an interview with IGN, uh, he plays, uh, Thanos is going to be featured in the film. Uh, he plays a part in Guardians as a mastermind. He very much exists at another plane than the other characters, and he'll be showing up in multiple movies. 
but the next time we see him will be in Guardians of the Galaxy. So a lot of people were saying that we're going to see him in Avengers 2. A lot of people are saying that he's not going to be like a big part of these films until Avengers 3. But we are finding out the next time we do see him, contrary to what reports were, he is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Because there were reports that he wasn't going to show up in Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I remember that. Yeah. But no, he. Kevin Feige confirms he will be in Guardians of the Galaxy. That was really hard to believe when they were saying that even back then. Right. That he would not be in it at all. Yeah, we're going to go so cosmic and not see any Thanos. Yeah. Right, right. Bullshit. And, and, and it relates Bullshit. so much to the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Right. you got to right. have the Guardians in there for that. So, you so, know, Drax especially and Gamora. Right. I mean, come on. Now, they acted like the whole panel, the Marvel panel was over. And then Josh Whedon took the stage. Right. And he said, I don't have anything to say. I just have one thing to add. Roll it. (laughs) And they show a clip of Iron Man's helmet, then Captain America's voice, then Thor, then the Hulk. You can hear metal clanging as Iron Man's helmet is being dented and then reshaped. You hear this quote, how do you know they'll come back? And then you hear Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury respond, because they'll have to. Finally, <laughs> finally, the camera is wide enough to reveal Ultron. Oh, no way. Ultron is the villain for the Avengers sequel. And Marvel then reveals its title as Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, my God. Fuck me. Yeah, that was another moment when Brian told us on the feed last night where I just had to get up and walk away from the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was listening to the live uh, – I was uh, just watching this live feed, this live blog. And uh, when that happened and they showed Age of Ultron, I was just like blown away. Unbelievable. Um, you know, I mean the comic series just came out in March uh, by Brian Michael Bendis. And, right. you know, I know that three of us have read it, and it was fantastic. I loved it, and I don't know what everybody's problem was with this miniseries, but I thought it was a fantastic event. I really had a good time. Yeah, yeah it's, so, it's so great that they did this. I, to me, that series brought back how cool Ultron was, was as an enemy of the Avengers and how powerful that guy was. And all through Iron Man... I mean, I never talked about this, but I always felt like he was going to build Ultron. I felt like with his technology, with like the robot, he always like mocked and was like putting down. I almost thought that that was going to be Ultron, you know, something that Tony Stark was just degrading, you know, one of his inventions. So I felt like always through through all the Iron Man that it was going to be Ultron, and that's exciting. Um, right. And, and the comic series was awesome. Yeah, I don't get what people people I, had problems with it. It was very controversial for a lot of people because sure. it was people died in that series. I think people get bent out of shape when you do a alternate reality type story, and they're like, uh, it, "It's not core Marvel, or does it count? Or it's not right. in the six one six? That's not six one six. Yeah. Yeah, and people just need to." You know, have fun. Let a story be told, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, maybe well, it counts, then, maybe it doesn't. All that matters is if the story is good, you know? And I thought the story was fantastic. A lot of people thought, oh, this should have been just like a five, six issue miniseries. There was a lot of filler and a lot of crap that didn't need to happen, which I totally disagree. I, I yeah. like the way it all played out. I'm not going to get into spoilers about Age of Ultron, you know, if you haven't read it, because it is a new, newer, you know, uh, miniseries. But. 
you know, all this makes sense with what I was saying last week about Vin Diesel playing the Vision. I mean, right. MTV Geek actually talked to Vin Diesel at the con earlier in the week while he was promoting Riddick 2, and they asked him about the character he'd like to play, and he said, there's two Visions, for the record, and people know one created by Ultron. One was created by Proctor, as you know, if you follow the comics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, He then went on to talk about... um, you know, uh, some different, some, you know, a lot of the comic book, uh, you know, adaptations of uh, the, the Vision and, and, and Ultron and things like that and brought up, uh, um, I think I think he brought up different characters that may show up in the next movie. I'd have to look that up. Um, but I was actually, I was talking to David Griffin, the site editor uh, for Pop Culture Leftovers, and he said, how can they do the Age of Ultron movie without Wolverine? Because he was such a big part of the story. Right. And, like, the same goes for Sue Storm as well. I mean, she's a big part of that, too. Spider-Man was, too? Uh, Yes, absolutely. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what changes they'll make to the storyline to make it fit, you know, into this telling of the story. Um, But, I mean, in an interview with uh, Joss Whedon, he revealed that the movie will be an Ultron original story. Right. And not directly adapted from the comic book limited series that came out. Yeah, um, it'll be the beginning of Ultron. Right. As well as many incarnations of Ultron. Right. It's weird that they named it after a comic series, which they obviously can't adapt. It's like they were just throwing the comics a bone, kind of, you know? Well, yeah, kind of. But I think Ultron, they had Ultron in mind. Yeah. And I think that they were like, well, you know, Bendis just came out with Age of Ultron. Yeah, Jake, I think you're right. They did throw the comic book readers a bone. But we're not going to get the same story at all, I think, no, no. that we got just in the comic Just the name book. only. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, you had you had Wolverine who played a big part in this. And, you know. Well, Hank Pym, too. And, and Hank and- Pym. And Whedon has said that Hank Pym has nothing to do with this. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet that none of the movie takes place in an alternate reality. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, uh, Josh Whedon says, well, because there was a book called Age of Ultron quite recently, a lot of people have assumed that is that is what we're doing. Right. But that is not the case. Uh, Whedon goes on to say, we're doing our own version of the origin story for Ultron. In the origin story, there was Hank Pym. So a lot of people assume that he will be in the mix. He's not. He's definitely not, yeah. We're basically taking the things from the comics for the movies that we need and can use. A lot of stuff has to fall by the wayside. We're crafting our own version of it where his origin comes more directly from Avengers we already know about. It's a little bit darker than the other film because Ultron is in the house. There's a science fiction theme that wasn't there in the other one. Ultron is definitely something that evolves. So we're going to get together a couple of different iterations. Nothing can be translated exactly as it was from the comics, particularly Ultron. That's awesome. It sounds just like the comics where every time Ultron comes back, he's a new number. It's Ultron 14 now. It's Ultron 15 now. Every, Every new iteration had a new number, you know? Yeah, and what better way to bring that in than Tony Stark? And but also yeah, at the same there, there time, are there are rumors flying that this will tie into Iron Man three, right? And not I, an Ant Man film because with all those destroyed remote armors from Iron Man three, those are the spare parts for Ultron 
to be created. Right. Mm, you yeah. already have an artificial intelligence designed by Tony Stark. Yeah, Jarvis. Right. That already so happened. So Jarvis gets corrupted, taken over, and now Jarvis and these, you know, they, 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 they've been submerged underwater. Mm-hmm. You've got Jarvis comes back as a corrupted Ultron. So that's yeah. the origin story right. in and this so, iteration. What I think is that Ant Man will play into it later as kind of the guy that needs to fix, fix it. it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm hoping, at least. Right. Because they've got to tie him into it somehow, and that's the only logical solution. Right. Yeah, I've heard lots of rumors that both Hank Pym and Scott Lang will be in the Ant Man movie too. Oh, that'd be interesting. That would be. I mean, that pretty much concludes the Marvel panel. I thought the Marvel panel was pretty awesome. Um, I was not expecting Age of Ultron. That kind of like kicked me in the dick, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> agreed. Yeah, and uh, I just said, "Kick me in the dick." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was one of those moments, though. You're yeah, right. it was a kick me in the dick moment. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I do want to announce that Dan will not be with us for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> why? why? <laughs> Tell us why, Brian. <laughs> I didn't know it was coming. That was unfair. <laughs> okay, Dan will not be. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Obviously, Dan isn't here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. D- Dan is not here. The big question is why. <laughs> Does he have a secret part in uh, Marble Phase 2? <laughs> Dan is made by 2. <laughs> <laughs> Dan will not be joining us for fucking comic book geeks. Dan will not. <laughs> Dan will not be joining us for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> that happened. It didn't uh, happen, unfortunately. Yeah, he's an international man of mystery. Yeah. He is. He is. And maybe twenty episodes down the line, we'll reveal to you why that happened. So if you stick with us, maybe you'll catch up on that plot line. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, Dan will not be joining us for the rest of the podcast. He yeah. w- who will be back next week, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the Warner Brothers DC panel. Uh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> Killed the vibe. <gasps> he didn't mean it. He, he didn't, didn't mean it. But he didn't okay. mean it. He apologized. Anyway, that's for future episodes. We love you, Dan. Dan. Yeah. Yes. You're the best. Uh, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's gonna ever bring you down. <laughs> <laughs> and that just happened. Um so I was right, I was right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> Zack Snyder announces at the Warner Brothers panel that some shit is going to happen up here. And then Harry Lennox, who starred in The Man of Steel, came on stage and read from The Dark Knight Returns Mm. while the Batman-Superman mashup logo was on screen. Fuck. The passage he quoted was, I want you to remember, Clark, in all the years to come, in your most private moments, I want you to remember my hand at your throat I want you to remember the one man who beat you. Oh. Oh. I have that audio, guys. Did you guys want to hear it? 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. This, is, this was going to be the end of the Warner program, yes. and they handed me a quick sheet of paper that says, uh, as Q&A wraps, please intro Zack Snyder to stage. Oh! Yeah.
in all your most private moments. I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man this is where they showed the logo. Yeah. I want you to remember Clark. That was the sound of Hall H when they fucking announced this shit, dude. Man, exciting. That's fucking electric. Yeah, like when I heard it for the first time, I'll, I'll be honest with you, dude. I got misty-eyed because it was like, I did, I did. I like was like overtaken with emotion because we're going to get to see Batman and Superman on the film at the same time. No matter what you think of Zack Snyder, I mean, we're still going to get to see Batman and Superman live action in yeah. a motion picture on film at the same time. And that blew my fucking mind. Yeah. It sounds like that's going to be the focus of the movie, too, with it being called Batman Superman. Well, they haven't titled it yet. Um, at the uh, Superman 75th anniversary panel at, C- at San Diego Comic-Con, Man of Steel writer David S. Goyer hinted at titles including Superman versus Batman or Batman versus Superman. It's implied that versus will be part of the title, so rather than a Superman and Batman team-up movie, we could be watching a Batman fighting Superman movie. Cool. Uh, I rem- if you guys recall, in our Man of Steel episode, episode number eight, that this is exactly what I said I would like to see in a sequel. Right. Oh, it is. I yeah. said that, that I wanted to see Batman and Superman sequel, and I wanted to see it be a versus film. And this is exactly what they're hinting at. You said it had to be done before a Justice League movie. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. It 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 by bypasses the uh Batman reboot. They right. don't have to do a Batman reboot. Exactly. Now yeah. it looks like the direct sequel to The Man of Steel will be this movie. It's written by David S. Goyer, and the film brings back Charles Roven and Deborah Snyder, who's Zach's wife, uh as producers. Now Christopher Nolan and Emma Thomas, they're coming back as executive producers this time. Um, along with Benjamin Melnicker and Michael E. Uslan. Uh The film is set to uh, start production in 2014, and we're going to get a summer 2015 release. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I read that um, Snyder is actually going to be helping to co-write this screenplay, unlike the first one, too. I heard that, too, as well. I don't know if I'm happy about that. If you've seen Sucker Punch, he wrote and directed that movie, and it was a pile of shit. Now, visually, it was amazing, but Sucker Punch overall, like, the writing in it was crap. I didn't like it. I agree. It reminds me a lot of Batman when, you know, the first Batman did so well, and then Burton was allowed to go ahead and get some writing involved in the Batman Returns movie, you know? Right, right. So, we'll see how that works, you know? I'm interested on his take on Batman, though. I mean, if he's going to write this, um, you know... I'm interested in seeing what his visual take on Batman is as well as his other, you know, and and Nolan is going to oversee this. So people shouldn't worry too much. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still not known, you know, exactly what his role is going to be, but he's a consultant 
uh, for he's a, DC. And he's exe- he's not a producer. He's an executive producer. Right, right. He's so, executive yeah. producer. So, I mean, he's going to have some say in this. So I, yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about whether or not Zack Snyder's but writing it. You're definitely right about the consultant role. I'm sure yeah. that's what it's going to come down to. I bet Nolan will have a lot of say in who they cast as Batman. Well, now, me and Jay were actually talking about this earlier in the week um, in a chat. Now, uh, I mean, I don't know. I have my thoughts on who I'd like to see as Batman. Um, who do you guys want to see as Batman, the next Batman? Oh, jeez. I don't even know who could fill those shoes. Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, my my heart has always been on Ryan Gosling, um, and... I'll say that till the day I die after watching Drive. I mean, yeah. to me, he would he would be the perfect Bruce Wayne and Batman. He played that psychotic kind of character that buried his stuff deep inside. And at the same time, he had this notion of justice, which, you know, may be skewed. And, that, and that's always a, a, a criticism of Batman is that, especially coming from Superman, is your is your logic skewed? You know, the reason you're doing what you're doing. And, and Bruce Wayne is the same way to Clark Kent's Superman. You know, is your logic skewed? You right. know, and at the same time, you know, uh, I just think Ryan Gosling has that dark edge that would be perfect for uh, like a playboy Bruce Wayne. He could pull that off. He's got the good looks. But at the same time, he's got those he's got that dark side where he could put on a mask like in Drive. Drive was fucking awesome. And, and be this vigilante, which he was. Yeah. And that, that was what their whole point of that movie was. So I, I'd like to see him. Um, I know that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, I would, personally, I'd like to see them. I, I was thinking about Matt Balmer. If yeah. You've, if you've seen him, I mean, he looks like a good Batman, but at the same time, he also looks really similar to Henry Cavill. Mm, so that's true. I don't really want to see those two on the screen at the same time, you know, playing opposite of each other because but, they look so similar. I know, but think about the comic books. Yeah. These guys are kind of mirror images of each other just from different viewpoints. Right. Yeah. So maybe they should kind of look alike. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but then, like, me being a fan of a certain TV series on AMC, Hell on <laughs> Wheels, I was um, hoping that they might cast Anson Mount yes. as uh, the new Bruce Wayne. If you check out Anson Mount on Hell on Wheels, I mean, you've got a character here in uh, that series who basically his life is built on tragedy. Yeah. Uh I mean his uh wife died, his child is dead and uh then you know he falls in love again and uh that woman dies. I mean, you know, this guy's whole life uh is just one tragedy after the next. He he plays a really dark, mysterious character in that series, but you grow to love him. I mean, he I think he's the embodiment of uh, of Batman, and I'd love to see Anson Mount play Bruce Wayne. But at the same time, if you look at him, he looks like the perfect Doctor Strange. So I'm kind of split as to who I'd like to see Anson Mount play in a film. But, you know, if we could get him as Batman, dude, I'd be fucking pleased. I'd be very happy. Yeah, I mean, he... Uh, we were talking about this. I, I you know, I... Another character that I didn't see at first because you had my heart set on him as Doctor Strange. Right, yeah. And, I, I, and I still feel like that would be perfect, but I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah. he he isn't a huge actor, um, 
you know, so sign him on because the more I thought about it and the more I researched his character, the more it reminded me of Bruce Wayne from right. Batman Begins. This is the core of the character. Well, He's already yeah. played it. Yeah, who was uh, Christian Bale really before Batman? I mean, right. he was the guy in American Psycho and he was the kid in uh, Empire of the Sun. I yeah. mean, that's really all he was. Um, you know, Anson Mount, go back and watch uh, Hell on Wheels season one and two, and then t- and then tell me you don't want to see him as Bruce Wayne. I'll tell you, you're crazy. I mean, this guy this guy can act, and uh, no, I- he, he's a dark character that you still like right. in the long run. So, what was that, Jake? I heard these movie or this movie was going to be inspired by the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns. Not necessarily based on it, but inspired by it. That's true. That's, uh, it, Zack Snyder did say that. He said uh, it is inspired, but it, it is not based on it. You're, you're absolutely 100% right. Now, I'm, I'm bringing that up because in that story, both characters are at the end of their careers. Yeah. Very older characters. Right. So I wonder if how much time is going to have passed between Man of Steel and this movie. I'm kind of interested in that. You know, All I can base it on is Zack Snyder said, I'm so excited to begin working again with Henry Cavill in this world we created. I can't wait to expand the DC Universe in this next chapter. Let's face it, it's beyond mythological to have Superman and our new Batman facing off. Yeah. Since they are greatest superheroes in the world. So... The key word that I took from that is facing off. Right. Yeah. So it tells me that this is a versus film, just like in the comic. I mean, these two haven't always gotten along. Uh, I mean, remember, Bruce Wayne, he is a detective first and foremost. And, I mean, he's going to want to know, you know, what's going on? We've got a fucking alien here. Look what he did to Metropolis. Yeah. You know, he brought these other aliens here. And look what happened to Metropolis. He doesn't trust aliens. In the comic, he's been known to carry kryptonite in his utility belt. So, I mean, this is going to be a... I think this is going to be a versus film first before we see a team at film, hopefully leading to a Justice League film. That's a great quote. Um, I like that he says the two, you know, biggest comic characters in the world, you know? They are. As snooty as I want to be about, you know, Zack Snyder and Man of Steel, I mean, this is, this is amazing. Right. That, you know, it's Superman and Batman. Yeah. Jake, that that really makes me happy that you still are open-minded to a sequel. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about a movie where we can see Superman and Batman facing off against one another. I mean, think yeah. about that, guys. That's mind-blowing. We're going to see Batman and Superman interacting on screen, not on the pages of a comic book. Which I'm not saying that should be like you know dismissed because right. those that's pretty awesome in itself. But I mean, this is going to be on film for the first time. These characters have been around for 75 plus years, but this is the first time on film in a motion picture these two are going to be on the screen at the same time. That blows my fucking mind. Oh yeah, and yeah, if it we're... doesn't blow your mind, then. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast to begin with. Yeah. We, we are so lucky to have this stuff. Yeah. We're, we're so lucky. We grew up with these comic books and to finally see these two together, yeah. knowing that they've had these conflicts and knowing that they are kind of the antithesis of each other. Like right. Batman is there to defend against people like Superman. But at the same time, they find common ground. And that's what's awesome about these two characters. Yeah. And you also have the human 
Bruce Wayne, uh, uh, Batman, being the detective. Like, this is the perfect segue into a new Batman that is the detective that says, you blew up my satellite, you destroyed Metropolis, I can't trust you. Right. Yeah. You're a terrorist, you must go down. No shit. Yeah, dude. And, uh, okay, who who didn't want to see back in 1989-1990 Christopher Reeves and fucking uh, Michael Keaton team up together. Yeah, we all yeah. thought it was going to happen. We were hoping it was going to happen, yeah. and it never did happen. No, but it could have happened. Yeah, yeah. And now, it- now we're going to get to see Henry Cavill and a new Batman on screen. Are you guys upset that it's not going to be Christian Bale? Is it, do you think it's a mistake to just not have a Batman solo movie first, though, and introduce a brand new Batman in a Man of Steel sequel? No, I don't think so. I, we've had so many Batman movies over the years, Jake, that I think that um, we are. I think America is so familiar with that with a Batman character that I think that we could have another actor just slide in. Yeah. As and it Batman. skips that. It skips that number one problem. Yeah. Right. You don't need to retell that story. Yeah. We, we get it. Let's just go with the whole like Nolan Batman origin story and right. just like let's just roll with it, man. You know, um, if you there was another fucking Easter egg in uh, the Man of Steel that I didn't talk about that I found out like after we did the show inside the uh, Daily Planet there was a poster on the wall that said. Keep calm and call Batman. Oh, <laughs> shit. So in that universe, dude, Batman already fucking exists in Gotham. He is Batman. He's established. So wow. that right there tells us that we don't need an origin story. Because if they do an origin story at this point in time, they're going against everything that they did in the Man of Steel movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're wasting a lot of time when Avengers 2 is going to be coming out. Exactly. So you you got to get Justice League some out somehow, and this is the way to do it, right? Without copying uh, Marvel. What a box office battle that's going to be! Batman, Superman, Avengers two, Episode seven. Yeah. Oh my God. What about the whispers that we heard before the actual final announcement of this movie that there was going to be a 2016 Flash movie? Yeah. Oh, I wish. There, I hope there is. Followed by a 2017 Justice League movie. But that didn't happen. We we did get some really cool news about the Batman Superman uh, you know movie, but we didn't get that 2016 Flash movie that we thought we were gonna get, and then the 2017 Justice League movie. Which, dude, I honestly at this point care more about a Flash movie and a Wonder Woman movie, Wonder Woman movie, and possibly an Aquaman movie. Yeah. Than the Justice League. Exactly. You know? Like, let's build up to the Justice League. I wouldn't mind if we didn't see a Justice League movie until, like, 2020, honestly. Yeah, because yeah, those are characters that we the audience does need an origin story for. Yeah, agreed. I mean, when's the last time we had a Flash uh, on the screen? I mean, that was, like, 1990 when there was the Flash TV series. Love that show. I did, too. I actually have the DVD of the first season. Yeah, I you know, I, I don't think they wanted to put all their cards on the table right you know i think yeah. that that's probably what's going to happen but they didn't want to put it all out there you know right. in front of marvel and everybody else i think me and jake are in total agreement though about a flash movie that it needs to be fun yeah it, does it need doesn't to need to be the Zack snyder like oh this is so serious superman man of steel movie which i did like 
Yeah. But I mean, I think a flash I, movie needs to be a fun movie. Like Spider-Man. Yes. He's kind of like Spider-Man. But yeah, not I mean, not Green Lantern. No. I agree. Goyer is perfect for, you know, Batman and okay for Superman, but right. I don't think Goyer could do what a Flash movie needs to right. do, you know? We need to see, like, uh, you know, Captain Cold or Gorilla Grodd. I would love to see Gorilla Grodd. I'd oh, like- God. With, with his big spoon and fork. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, use the same technology that they're using, the motion capture that they're using in, like, the Planet of the Apes movies that they're doing now. Right. For yeah. Gorilla Grodd. You know, use that technology in this Flash movie. And make it fun. Make it a fun movie. You know, um, there's so much that they could do with a Flash movie. I'm a big uh, Reverse Flash fan. Absolutely. Let's incorporate the Reverse Flash. Let's just go. Let's go balls deep into this shit, man. You you yeah. could put in time travel with the Flash. Yep. I mean, there's so many different possibilities with his character. Right. I, I, agree. I mean, just like the comic universe did, you can use Flash to restart the movie universe if you need could. <laughs> yeah, you true. could. You could. You know, Flash was responsible for the new Fifty Two. So, well, yeah. I mean, if they're going to go the Avengers route, then they might just do a mm-hmm. a crisis, <laughs> infinite Earth, you know, story. Oh, what right. a stunt that would be! <sighs> man, oh, that would man. be huge. You know, honestly, guys, um, you know, this was a great San Diego Comic-Con. I wasn't expecting as much as we got. I really wasn't. Uh, Loads of surprises. Uh, If you would have told me as a kid that in 2015, not only would we get a second Avengers movie, plus Star Wars Episode Seven, plus Batman and Superman on film, plus, on top of all that, Pepsi Perfect, a Nike Mag Power uh, Power Lace sneakers, and then hoverboards... Yeah, mm. I wouldn't have believed you, man. Mm. No, and and uh, I think you know we're going to be posting a lot of the stuff uh, that we didn't talk about on Facebook. So make sure you guys, uh, if you're not our friends on Facebook, please, you know, like us on there. And yeah, you, you can see a lot of stuff that we're talking about on the podcast. Yeah, and we do this all week, and we I like mean, to interact with people. Yeah, yeah and we it's like to not, talk to like, people and interact. Yeah, and, we're not stuck up assholes that fucking no. like don't talk to our fans. <laughs> No, it's fantastic to hear from you guys. So, uh, you know, if you want to catch more of what we're we're not discussing, because there was a ton more that we're not going to be able to get to. So check it out on Facebook. Yeah, when I was here, Jay was showing me a ton of the San Diego toys, and he's going to post all those on the page. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of cool stuff going on on our social media sites. Um, if, If any of our listeners have any questions that you'd like us to read on the air, then send them to comments at popcultureleftovers.com. I mean, we'd love to answer, like, our tweets and Facebook questions, but I think, you know, this will be a little bit easier for, like, us to just cut and paste your question and just add it to our show notes each week. So, yeah, if you just want to send us a question, uh, just send it to comments at popcultureleftovers.com, and we'd love to answer any questions that you have for us. Um, you know, we'll do our best to answer them. So, and you we, know, love them. we love our listeners. Yeah, totally, dude. I love, I, I seriously, I love, uh, dude, we have so many fucking cool listeners. Uh, can I give a listener shout out? Yeah, please. Uh, Katie Gilbert gave me oranges for my animal crossing town this week. I was very, very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> dude, very fuck, nice. I was like, dude, Ross Ort, Ross, our, our listener from Nebraska, dude. I fucking yeah, love dude, Ross. I love that guy, dude. Like, if I ever lost him as a listener, I'd, God, I don't know what I'd do. It's, yeah, I yeah. was sad because we thought we lost him yeah. for a minute there. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was seriously sad too. I was like, "Shit, dude, Ross isn't listening to us." <laughs> and then, like, you know, I started like, you know, playing some sappy music. Yeah, you know, in the house, like some. I like, can't live. Yeah. <laughs> if if living is without you, I yeah. can't live. I can't live anymore. You know, is a clueless moment for me. So yes, you know. But Ross is still listening, which is awesome. So. Yes. You know, and we've got Charlotte Callentine, which was our first fucking uh, contest winner. Oh, yeah. We Love Charlotte. Mark Perillo, who won our, uh, you know, who answered the question, how many times did Jake watch the uh, Phantom Menace the first time it was released? <laughs> <laughs> Too many. 21. <laughs> You know, and if I'm leaving somebody out, I'm sorry. But seriously, we, we love all of our listeners. All of you. All of you that are, like, very active on the page. Uh, dude, uh, what's, his fi- what's his name? Uh, McLean. Uh, John McLean? No. Not no, John no. McLean. You're thinking of, <laughs> you're thinking of Die Hard. <laughs> yippee ki yay No. Blaine McLean. Blaine McLean, uh, yes. Dude, he's all over our Facebook and Twitter, man. Yeah, yeah he's great. He's awesome, and he asks, he asks really good questions. Yeah, if you, if you ask us something, we're going to respond pretty quickly, and we love answering your questions. So please, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you find us. I mean, we're all over the place. Yeah. Just get a hold of us. We want to talk to you. Um, it's fun for us. We want this to be an interactive show. This isn't yeah. just about us. We want this to be a community of of listeners. So we're just yeah. like you. Yeah, Seriously. we're just like you. Seriously, you know. dude, I'm doing this podcast out of my freaking kitchen. I'm right. not going to sit here and lie to you and be like, dude, we're doing this in some like studio or nothing. Yeah, I'm sitting in my dining room, dude, and, and Brian's in I his work, kitchen. Yeah, I work a regular job. Yeah, I, uh, yeah we, we get you know we get a nice message on Facebook and we all share it with each other. Yeah, we do. We're all cheering about it instantly. Seriously. So, like, uh, if we get a message from like somebody that's on our Facebook that says that they like the show, we, I'm, I, I, I post it to the guys or the guys post it to me and they're like, "Hey, did you see this? You yeah, so and so likes our show." And it's like, we we actually get really happy when yeah. we read stuff like that. It makes us happy. And like we've gotten some, we've gotten some negative reviews on iTunes, and you know people saying that we're amateurs and and we're not that good of a podcast, we're not funny, and we're not this, <laughs> we're not that. And you know, I'm, I'll sit here and tell you, like, yeah, we are amateurs. I've never done this before. This is our 13th episode, but we're just we're just guys that are sitting here. We're talking about stuff that we like, that we enjoy, that we love to talk about. And I do this because I have like a a dog that's going crazy right now. But, <laughs> I thought Dad came back. But, yeah, I do this because like I I work a job where I have to be serious and professional all the time, and I just need to cut loose with my friends once a week. And this yeah. job and this podcast helps me do that. Yeah, Th- this this helps me talk about what I love, yeah. and and so you know the more people that uh, are listening the better, but that's not what's important to me is that, like Brian said, I have, I have a full-time job just like anybody else. And Sunday when we do this, when we we record is the best day of the week for me. And, and we love bringing this stuff to you. I love talking about it. So, you know, we're not, we're not trying to be the super polished, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, we're trying to work out all the kinks. We're only on episode 13. Yeah. So um, we're trying really hard. So the more people we can get, the better. And and we we just want to share that with you because there's a lot of shit in the daily world that is so unimportant and brings you down. We you know we just want to you know give you something that's entertaining. 
And still unimportant. And still unimportant. <laughs> this isn't necessarily important, but it is to some people. Yeah, and, I love yeah. this show. Yeah. You know, like, I just want to thank everybody that does listen to the show. And I hope that we can, like, kind of, you know, rise to the top. I'd like it if this show honestly could, like, one day we could actually be, like, some of these guys that go to San Diego Comic-Con and get to, yeah. like, interview some of these people and and bring you guys more information. But, you know, this show is only possible if, like, listeners listen, if listeners spread the word. And we want to keep you involved, and we, you guys are special to us. All of our listeners are special to us. Anybody yeah. that listens to this show is special to us. I may go off on rants sometimes, and I may act like a big asshole, and I may... <laughs> but you know what? Like, I love comic books. I love... I love... God, I love these movies. I, I do... I, everything that I say on this show is genuine. I'm not just making this shit up. Like, I did hate Iron Man 3. I've had people say, like, oh, I listened to your Iron Man 3 podcast, and, like, did you really hate it that much? And I'm like... Right. I did hate it, guys. I... I, I recorded that podcast fresh off of watching the film, which is we, why I we went. Were flab- I was flabbergasted. Yeah. We all tasted it, except yeah. for Brian. <laughs> I just had gotten done watching the movie, and I just, man, it just, man, it just burnt me up. I just didn't like the movie at all, and and uh, I just wanted to speak my mind. I, I didn't do that to, like, show off or impress anybody or just go off on a tangent just for the hell of it. That's just how I felt. I felt like, you know, part of me had just been, you know, I, I don't know, destroyed. I just did not like that movie in the slightest. There was not a lot I did like about it. So Yeah, I mean, and you turned my opinion. I think you turned a lot of our opinions on that. Yeah. Just from, you know, and that's the thing. Like, we, we might disagree on stuff, but... We're not so yeah. like blockheaded that we're not going to change our mind when somebody right. has a good point, point. Right. and that was that was what I liked about that episode. But yeah, none of it was like you know nobody was being fake about how they felt about right. it. <laughs> right, you know, I mean that's just the thing. I mean, I do want to like tell our listeners like if you do listen to the show and you haven't given us like a review on iTunes and you do like us a lot, please go to iTunes and give us a review that you know you like the show and tell us what the show means to you um tell us what we could do better tell us what we can do better but you know it's like it is discouraging when we get like you know reviews that say you know i don't like this i don't like that like okay i get it you know i mean we're doing the best we can um i mean i don't know what do you guys think? I, I mean, we're, we're you know we're doing this all week. We're we're trying to get this together, you know, the entire yeah. week, and we're do, we have full time jobs, and you know we we yeah. don't have a super uh, a but we don't really have a budget, yeah. you know. So we got what we got, and um, you know we we hope at least the information is getting through to you, and you enjoy the conversation. Yeah. Um, but if you want if you want things to improve, like sound quality and stuff, you know, please just help us get more listeners and, and get some reviews on iTunes, uh, get some five-star review on iTunes. That will help us to improve the show yeah. like greatly. You're you listening know? to a podcast that has a cat snoring on a fucking table. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's how professional. <laughs> prof- and, and we like that. We <laughs> like that it's real, yeah. and we want you to, to, to be there with us. Right. Um, but we also, you know, there are some 
things we want to improve. So just help us to get more listeners and get those reviews on iTunes. We don't, we don't do this for money. Like yeah. not, none of us are doing. Dude, I'm not making a dime off of this. I've actually lost money on this because I spend so much money on equipment and right. uh, paying you know our podcast host to to do this. And uh, yeah, I love doing it. I'm not complaining at all. I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing it. I don't care if we get any more listeners. You know what? If we keep getting listeners, like wonderful listeners like Blaine McLean and Charlotte Callantine and, um, you know, Katie, was it Katie Gilbert? Yeah. And Ross uh, Orth. Yeah. Michelle Pratt. Ross Orth, Michelle Pratt, uh, Jeffrey Dylan Hensley, you know, Dan Seipel. Uh, I don't care. If we keep getting great listeners like that on the show, I don't care if I ever make a fucking dime off this podcast i'll do it because i like hearing from you i like hearing that people actually like this show yeah and uh it it warms my heart i mean i mean i'm not saying that it really does it really does because there are times because i edit the show after the show gets done and we record it and i edit it i'm just like god why do people (laughs) listen to this thing (laughs) and uh it I, this is a very real moment. You guys you guys are awesome. I just want to say that. All of our listeners are awesome. I fucking love all of you. So. Yeah, and, and you can be a part of this. You can be a part of the show. Like, we will talk about you. We will read what your comments are because those are important to us. Yeah, you know? people have no idea. Like, we talk about all of your comments all yeah. the time. It's not like they go un- unlooked. I mean, like, holy shit, did you see this person said this about our show? We get Probably excited not. about that shit. We definitely do. You don't make Sunday the only time of the week where we get an outlet for this. So let's yeah. talk about it all week with our fans, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we're just as into it as you guys are. So this material is just as important to us and, and, and fun for us to talk about is, is, is you to give us feedback so we can talk to you about it directly because that's what happens. We will talk to you about it and we will probably talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Fucking uh, Jake Johnston, dude. He fucking yeah. rocks too, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he had a post last week about how we inspired him to do, you know, uh, talk about, you know, the music that he loves that, you know, takes him back to moments in his life and stuff like that. Right. And that's huge, too, because anyone can do what we're doing. You know, anybody can do what we're doing. You know, if you guys are passionate about something like Jake, like he's talking about music he loves. And I love that. I love it. You know, just you can get out there. You don't have to think that your voice can't be heard and that's what we we like about it is that there's other people like us to talk about this stuff yeah. with. so the, that's, i have a dream that one day we'll be able to do a live podcast and and like uh talk to some of these people that we oh yeah that we talk to that we interact with on a daily basis um you know on facebook aaron claude miller he's another yes. one yeah you know yep. fun guy dude fun guy he's he's good he's very interactive on our facebook page you know, I hate if I'm leaving somebody out because, like, I feel horrible because there's so many people on our Facebook page that I really enjoy talking to. Yeah, and and, and it really expands the conversation. Right. I mean, if you guys some guy, guys got something you're interested in, you know, we, we we follow this stuff, so you know, we can expand on this conversation. We can talk outside of the podcast. Yeah, dude, yeah. this podcast sucks if like we just are talking to ourselves. Exactly. It's like the only thing that makes this fucking awesome is like we get to hear from people that are actually listening to this damn thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, I listened to your podcast. I really liked it, dude. When Ross Ort talks about our <laughs> podcast it makes me feel like i'm actually doing something good with my life <laughs> yeah exactly exactly 
we we want to entertain you guys and we want to we want to keep these conversations going it's not done after the podcast so if you listen to us and you want to expand upon it please please write us we will totally expand upon it yeah Mm. and we're we're sorry about the audio we try our best to like do the audio but you know i mean it's just one of those things like jay and jake are in peoria uh, and then me and Dan are here in Decatur, and uh, right. we we Skype up and we do the best we can, um, you know. But uh, you know, we just uh, I think that uh, you know it, the show just wouldn't be the same if it wasn't the four of us. Right, right. I agree. And we can't always be in the same. We can't be in the same room. It just it's not possible all the time. Yeah, I mean we're gonna get there at some point, but yeah. You know, what we're hoping is, you know, more listeners, the better. Like I said, that will get us maybe more recognition. You know, if we can get a sponsor or two that we believe in, that would be great. And it would also improve the quality of what we're doing. You know, uh, like I said, we're not trying to put extra money in our pockets. This is right now we're focused on making this better for you guys. So, um, you know, the more the more people you can tell by word of mouth about us, the better. God, I think we shit. My cat's back asleep, and <laughs> all right, let's wrap this fucker up, right? Yeah, wrap, wrap her up, guys. It was a fucking awesome San Diego Comic Con, even though we weren't there. It was fucking amazing, dude. It was, yes. you know, checking out the live blogs, um, talking to you guys in the in the chat room as we found out information that was coming out about San Diego Comic Con. I had a great time. Yeah, it, it was, was fun. fun. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's keep the dream alive. Maybe one day, maybe one day, all of us will be able to be flown out to fucking San Diego. We're going to be members of the media. We're going to be sitting in Hall H, and we're going to be the ones, pop culture leftovers, that are going to be reporting to our listeners all the latest news, and we're going to be having live blogs and shit. Let's keep that dream alive, guys, okay? Yeah. Absolutely. Someone's going to be watching my leaked cell phone footage. Exactly. Yeah. We, we <laughs> promise, guys. The longer you stick with us, we will break this shit down. So if that is the dream, that is the dream, then let's achieve it. Let's do it. Let's do it together, okay? All right. All right. Um, I don't know. Hey, we'll see you next week. Next week we're going to be talking about uh, Hugh Jackman in uh, Fox Studios, The Wolverine. So that's going to be the big movie next week. We're going to be talking about it. Of course, we're all going to watch it. We'll break it down for you. So... uh, Hey, this is Brian Frederick with Pop Culture Leftovers. It's Jason Piper. Uh, this is Jake Elliott. Fucking comic book geeks. And that's Dan Hill. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dan Hill. Uh, love you guys. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Later. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. It's Dan. Dan is homeless. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat but it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap good it toss it good it taste it do we love it hey let's fix it can't
Embrace it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. What would you do for a Klondike bar? We asked director Shane Black what he'd do for a Klondike bar. Hey Shane, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Would you fuck up Iron Man 3? Seriously, like, fuck it up? I fucking obliterated that film. Are you fucking kidding me? Have you seen it? He's not even the fucking Mandarin. <laughs> He's a fucking cokehead named Trevor. I mean, hello, mind blown. I fucked that movie over. I bent it over and fucked the shit out of it. All the Christmas bullshit. And then fucking Iron Man doesn't even save the fucking day. Pepper Potts kicks his ass at the end. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> yeah, I'd fuck up Iron Man for a Klondike. <laughs> Give me a crack at Iron Man 4. I'll fuck that fucker up for a whole box. <laughs> Ice cream loaded, big and thick, no 